Hey Trekoff fans, we have an extra special treat for you today as we simulcast with JR Watches Star Trek for the first time. We are broadcasting part one and part two of the mega podcast we did with them just a couple of weeks ago, and we want you to listen to it. It is in the format of their show, um, but we are on there in a big way, and uh, we thought that you would enjoy hearing it here on Trekoff as well. So please listen now to JR Watches Star Trek for the first time, starring Trekoff, and then go to their podcast and check it out too, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. And you... Mr. Munez, your orders are to stay alive. This is Jera Watches Star Trek for the first time, podcast 100. Is that right? Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Yeah, and by the way, hi, welcome to Trek Off as well. Oh, right. Because we'll, be we'll be posting this on ours, so... Oh, are you seriously? Oh, okay, because you're yeah. recording over on your end? Of course, we could just send you the file, so... Yeah, well, no, no, well, you, you'll send us the file, and then we'll post it, and it is in no way for us to cross-pollinate our listeners and both increase our listenership. That is in, in no way, no. no. Okay. <laughs> It's just for fun. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Okay, so starting now, officially, this is weird because this is our 100th podcast, and it's going to be really confusing from here on out. And honestly, I have some serious allergies, and I'm really exhausted and tired, and I've got four voices in my head instead of the usual two, so it's going to be weird. But anyway, I'm John. I'm in Salt Lake City. This is JR Watches Star Trek for the first time in which my friend over there, JR, has never seen Star Trek before. Indeed, I'm JR. I'm watching uh, Star Trek for the first time, and uh, John, we're both watching this season of uh, Deep Space Nine for the first time. Yeah. And uh, I'm in uh, I'm in Maryland, and I I guess I'm not alone here in Maryland. Um, anyway, introduce yourself, gentlemen, persons. Go. <laughs> Engage. Did we? Hi. Hey. Hi. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so from, time to, from time to time, we'll be here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, we. Introduce, introduce yourselves really quick because we just said and take it away our guests and then there was silence so <laughs> hi i'm justin and i'm alexia and we're with this the trek off podcast and we're in northern virginia yes we are oh where are you guys from in northern virginia I, uh, we can edit this out and we won't have people come and find you but um i was just in warrington <laughs> on sunday i'm in warrington that's, yeah that's where we record oh my goodness look at that i'm in warrington right now yeah this very moment it's crazy why were you in warrington Oh, my wife's aunt lives there, and we spent uh, spent Easter there. Is oh, it cool. is it your is wife's aunt, Alexia? Is that her? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Is that no, no, it's not. It was a... yeah, no. We're like we're like near the outback in Warrington. That's like right where we are right now. Oh, I don't know where the outback is. We were near the Chambers house. I don't. That, that <laughs> probably doesn't help. Huh? I don't no. know Warrington that well. I know, <laughs> I know where Justin lives, and that's kind of we're it. only like an hour from Jr. So. That's cool. Okay, right. so you, you East Maryland? Coasters. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And he's like, that's great. That's great. How's it going out there in the middle of the country, huh? Yeah, it's, it's, it's fine here. But uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast really quick, because you're our very special guest. And uh, honestly, we don't know anything about your podcast besides it talks about Star Trek. 
Um, well, the Trek Off podcast is um, kind of, a, it, as you guys have said a lot, it's like an R-rated version of your podcast. Um, <laughs> but we we operate sort of thematically. We choose a theme for the day, you know, and then we go. Sometimes we just do a whole season review. Sometimes we talk about a particular character. Sometimes we just sort of ramble on. Um, and usually it it, it devolves. And at some point we talk about Star Trek. Yeah, it devolves into <laughs> it devolves into um, just kind of how dirty can we make it? But um, <laughs> uh, but it's uh, it's weird. Sometimes like we've had over the course of our show, we've had our last one is. Um, was uh the dominion are they the d word um <laughs> uh and uh and we got to the point where it was really really crass and really fun. it was like an episode of south park we've also mm-hmm. had episodes that were really serious where we get very personal about like stuff in our lives and stuff so it's it's um but we always sort of bring it back to star trek uh i always like doing we'll do in one episode we'll just review an entire season of one of the shows uh, and i i like doing those we'll probably record one of those tonight so really quick what's the best season of deep space nine just as as, as a spoiler for jr and me um i would say the second half of five into the first half of six Okay. Ooh. Okay. Good. So we haven't we haven't gotten there yet. How about next gen? Four, three or four, not seven, not one. Okay. <laughs> not well, seven. the correct answer, of course, is five. Season five. So Darkest. anyway, thanks for coming on our podcast. But, uh, <laughs> Kirk and Picard. How about that? Kirk and Picard. Kirk. Kirk. Okay, Kirk. good. Kirk, good. It's Kirk, and you know it. What it's is not, wrong with why you? Why would I say Kirk? Because Picard, because you know we'd hang up on you if you said Picard. Picard See, has Kirk never done great. an off the so, wall. So clearly, they want to hang kick. up on half of us because you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sweet. So anyway, let's do this. Let's do this. We're doing JR Watch Star Trek for the first time here. We've got four episodes in season four to do, but first we have our non Star Trek talk to do. Ooh, ooh. So, um, first of all, we have a little bit of viewer mail. The, the non-Star Trek talk is what's the best, the top five shows on TV right now. And uh, let me just get the viewer mail out. Uh, Joey Smith, uh, an- another fellow podcaster. He's the host of Trek West 5, and I think the most evil person I've ever met. He says, I don't know if it's objectively the best but the show on the air right now that I most look forward to is USA's Suits, a power fantasy about a guy with an infallible memory who was faking it as a lawyer. Uh, so that's like, that's like, like psych, that. but for lawyers. Yeah, actually, that's exactly what it sounds like, huh? Psych yeah. for lawyers. Uh, it sounds like, like that's a whole new genre. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mindy says... Best show on television right now, I vote for Breaking Bad. It is on its hiatus, though, and I'm sure you will... I'm not sure if you'll count it. Yes, we'll count it. Uh, but it's still an ongoing show, so I hope so. I do love that show. I think it is incredible. If you want something currently airing, I'll go with possibly boring answer of Mad Men. These two AM shows are wonderful. I love them both. And I do agree, Mad Men is boring. Um, <laughs> Andrea, who I think might be in chat right now. You guys will have to verify because my safari broke. But... um. She says the best show on TV right now is RuPaul's Drag Race. Seriously, Whoa. so good. Whoa. Wow. So actually, Jr. Is she is she still on Skype right now? We could yep, bring her in is. for thirty. We can give her a thirty second justification for Drag Race. Okay, hold time on. to test technology. Is she yeah. ready? She might be ready. Okay, here we go. Andrea, oh there she is. 
add this is this is where we're going to drop everyone, right? We're just going to lose everyone. <laughs> this will be like the hubris. Yeah. <laughs> Andrea, hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, so, Andrea. Why is RuPaul's Drag Race the best show on television right now? Um, it's uh, I'm a reality TV junkie. You know, used to love America's Next Top Model and Project Runway, and this is just like a over-the-top parody of all those shows, but still just really, really funny in its own right. Yeah. So it's a reality <laughs> television show parodying reality TV. Yes. Hmm. But but better than like Joe Schmo and those shows. Yeah. Okay. I well, I catch parts of it on the soup every once in a while, and the jokes seem like kind of groan-inducing. But if you hear them enough, I think you <laughs> may just like really, really love them. So, yeah. Uh, what's your second favorite show, Andrea? This is the first time we've actually heard your voice, so I, I feel like I have to like. Do you have a non-reality show? Because I I can't I can't do reality show. I know I'm with you, man. Thank you. I, um, you know, I don't live in the U.S., and I only, um, for budget reasons, only watch one uh, series at a time, because I usually buy the episodes on iTunes. <laughs> the only show I'm watching right now is RuPaul's Drag Race. Do you know what a great way to only watch one show at a time is? Watch a really crappy show, and then you won't have to watch anything else. No, just kidding, Andrea. Um, I take your word for it. We're being really mean about RuPaul's Drag Race, but we had to throw it in there. I bet um, it's awesome. Now, uh, really quick, it Andrea, <laughs> have you have you heard of the Trek Off podcast? Um, no. Okay. Oh no, J- Justin, tell her tell her where <laughs> she can find the Trek Off podcast. Trekoffpodcast.com, or you can search EPN on iTunes if that's what you use, and you'll find all of the podcasts on the Endlight Podcast Network. So uh, EPN or Trekoffpodcast.com. John, dude, they have their own domain. I know, right? It's pretty hot. We don't don't have a domain. Yeah. uh, (laughs) It's like $5. I know, right? It's like GoDaddy, five bucks or something. Doesn't it take some technical prowess? Because as we've shown so far, no. we really don't have any technical prowess. So it takes a it takes a buddy who does it. I got a buddy. In, <laughs> I got a buddy in Utah who would who would help you hook it up if you really needed it. Yeah, send him my way. Send him my way. Um, okay, Andrea. Um, keep in, um, keep on Skype if you can stay awake. Keep on keep on Skype and and uh, like notify us if you if you want to jump in the conversation again. Okay. Okay, well, it's 11 a.m. here, so I won't be falling asleep. But um. Oh, it's 11 a.m.? I thought you said it was yeah. like... Didn't you say... Wait, what? Where are, are you? you in? I thought that was Phil. It's Phil. Phil who said it's 2 a.m. Oh, are you in, Phil said it was Japan? 2 a.m. Yeah. Andrew's yeah. in Japan. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, this show is totally global. Fantastic. It's... Yeah, it's it's pretty nice. Andrea, I'm... I need to Skype you again because I want to talk to you about Japan because you know that's on my list. I've got to go to Japan someday. I'm with you. I totally want to go to Japan someday. It just looks so cool. Yeah. I'm going to have sushi later tonight. <laughs> oh. I don't think that counts, dude. <laughs> that counts hey, thanks, as Andrea. Japan. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> okay. Um, do we? How does Skype work? Do we have to hang up on her or does she have to hang up on us? I hung up on her. Oh, the end. there she goes. Okay. Hung up. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, is that everyone, is it, is it time for us to say our five favorite shows? I'm ready, John. You know how unorganized I am with this email? Because um, I, know, <laughs> I, know I know other people send stuff in, so. Let's see. I have faxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. 
okay, because Mark said something here. Oh, and Melanie has something here, too. We can start, and you can, uh, when you find your emails, you can... You can fine, fine. Okay. Everybody do their number five. All right, number five. I'm going, And I just barely started watching this show. Thank you, John. Uh, it's How I Met Your Mother. I love uh, that Alyssa Hannigan girl. She's fantastic. Oh, no, it's all about... What's Alice. her name? Um, Robin Scherbatsky. Kobe Smothers. Come on. <laughs> I don't. I don't know these. She's guys. well. She's Robin. You know, the oh, dark-haired okay. one, not Allison Hannigan, but Robin. Okay, but How I Met Your Mother is awesome. It's like a soap opera that's hilarious. So yeah. that's that's fine. Well, you should say you're number five because we lost Justin, but I think they're coming back. Okay. Okay. On they're on their way back. That's fine. My number five is actually, and. All of mine will make me seem really, really lame, but uh, <laughs> my number five, it's actually going to be Saturday Night Live. I think the current thought... cast of Saturday Night Live is just about the best cast they've ever had. Like, every single cast member, I think, is really, really good. Uh, we're back. Okay, <laughs> you're back. You guys, what you guys missed was that John picked Saturday Night Live for his number five. And, and I, I kind of thought you would, John, because you're kind really? of a devotee. Really? Yeah. Okay. I do what I can. I do what I All can. Right. So, Dub, you, you two guys, you have your number fives? I will say the Colbert Report. Ooh. Excellent. I didn't even think about that. What a fine choice. That is a fine choice, especially if you're upstanding neoconservatives such as me. <laughs> <laughs> He's on your side, sir. <laughs> I, actually, I actually don't... Um, don't watch a lot of current television because I because uh, cable was so expensive. Mm-hmm. So I usually watch stuff once it's actually on Netflix. So I'm kind of behind the times. There's no current. You don't watch anything that's currently on the air that's on Netflix. Not that I would put a number five, dude. She watches <laughs> Once Upon a Time. Don't yeah, you? but that's like my number one show, man. Like oh, sort of the interwebs to watch yeah, that. That is a spoiler. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay, so I do watch a really bad show. Does this count? Oh yeah. Like I watch it not because it's good. Let's be clear, it's awful. But I watch it because it wait, has wait, to wait, 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 wait. Is it revenge? No, oh, it is dang. actually the Vampire Diaries on the CW. Oh, <laughs> I've heard. Okay, you're right. I've heard so many people say like apologize for watching it. Like ninety five percent of the people who watch are like, yeah, Vampire. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I watch it, but I love it. <laughs> you have to apologize because it's not a good show. It's so awful. But like the guy that plays Damon is the same guy who played um was it Booth on Lost. Lost. And he is so amazing. Like, I adore him. I have, like, this huge actor's crush on him. Mm. And, like, so I have to watch him work. But, like, it's such a bad show. Like, and I'm, I'm cognizant of that the whole time. I just want to drop a plane on him. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> really? You know, you don't have to apologize because you're aware that, that John and I love the movies Cobra and Robot Jocks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> The, the they're not commentary. they're not our individual favorite movies, but they're this podcast's favorite movies. <laughs> so is is it, are we just round robining it? Let's Here's do round robin, yeah. Because if we do it our normal way, it'll get too confusing. So it's your yeah. turn. All right, number four. I'm gonna go with Walking Dead. Oh man, yeah, pretty oh, darn spoiler, good. Sounds like a spoiler alert there. <laughs> uh, Walking Dead. It's okay. I've well, I watched half of the first episode. And our listeners have told us to watch further episodes, but uh, uh, I don't know. Um, okay, my number four. Okay, this is going to make me sound lame again, but I'm going to go with The Simpsons. 
That's not lame at all, man. That's classic. It it is classic. Well, it's just, I I almost didn't pick it because I don't watch it as much as I used to, of course, because it's like, how many, there have been like 500 episodes of The Simpsons. So it's almost like, you know, it's almost like, it's like an ocean of television, but it's, it's just so good. It's good enough to make yeah, 500 episodes. I've like heard like so I didn't watch the Simpsons movie when it came out, and I heard people rag on it and rag on it and mm-hmm. rag on it, and then I finally saw it, and I was like, "This is fine. This is funny." Mm. So yeah, it it's just a, like it was just weird that it was a movie length Simpsons episode. Yeah, it, but it it's like a bad. A, it was like off putting. A bad Simpsons episode is still funny. It's still funny. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> it's totally legit. Totally yeah. legit. I, yeah, I, I mean, confirm. Sorry, sir. Of course, the the worst Simpsons episode is probably the one where that saxophone player died. I wouldn't watch that one again, but that's like the only <laughs> one. That wasn't a ter- well, it was a terrible episode. Okay, well, all right. <laughs> so, um, Justin, number four. My number four. Um, I wasn't gonna go for Walking Dead. Let me go for something else. Um, let me. Uh, you know, in the vein of Simpsons, let me say South Park. Um, is mm-hmm. a number four. I love South Park. It's yeah, still you've already mentioned South Park this. so far. So yeah. Yeah. So South Park. Yeah, I do like South Park a lot. I'm kind of old, um, and so sometimes I complain about South. Like they're really good at turning like current events wise. Like for a cartoon, it's like oh what a week later they turn around a South Park episode, which is unreal. It's just amazing that they're able to do that because like live action shows can't do that. Um, now, um, I, I about South Park. Let me let me ask you. You guys have 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 been not super public on on your podcast, but you have mentioned from time to time that you belong to a particular church. Right. Um, that South Park is, and especially the creators, have not always been super friendly toward. Does that does that color your perception what? of the show? <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, does that color your perception of the show? It no. might a little bit. Um, to be fair, because I have friends who like it a lot, you know, and and my friends are churchy too. We're all really churchy. It's kind of weird, but because um, part of the argument uh, about liking it is, hey, look, they make fun of us, but then again, they make fun of everybody, and they yeah, make that's true. They, they do, and they do all that, and kind of, and I kind of feel this way, and I don't know if I have this kind of grudge against South Park or not, but to me, I think. Okay, if you make fun of everybody, then that lessens your stance on everything, because uh, you're not. It, it, it kind of it, it lessens. Like if you're gonna make a statement, your statement is lessened because everyone is fair game, kind of thing. And so, so in a way, I kind of like that because, like, oh hey, yeah, they, uh, you know, they they dig on Mormons in this episode, and then they, but they really let Scientology have it in this episode. Um, and then, you know, someone else in this episode, but I'm kind of like, ah, I don't know. Scientology isn't that bad either. Whatever. <laughs> Let's not make fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but- I think that the, what they do is they, they can find, I mean, there's, there's faults in any person. And mm-hmm. so to think that there isn't like fault in any institution yeah. is right. ludicrous. So they well, just and, find whatever that thing is and, and, and they to, riff on it. And to be clear, at the end of the of the Mormon episode, they mm-hmm. rip pretty hard on people who rip on Mormons. That's true. So they really that, do. So, I do so have they, one really quick thing to say about the Mormon episode. The Mormon episode had to have been the least funny South Park episode ever made. Really? I don't know. I, I didn't see it. I, I just think I just think it wasn't funny. I don't know. Maybe if, if, they, maybe if there was that, if there was a Protestant Christian episode, I probably would also find <laughs> this. I, I would I would sit there. I would sit there really kind of mad and not be laughing. But it John, wasn't. Are, it's are not that I was mad. It's not that I was mad. 
It's that I'm like, hey, look, I can think of way better ways to make fun of Mormonism than this. Top 10, go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll have to bring it in another podcast. (laughs) Give me a week. They have Matt Stone and Trey Parker. They have a week. Give me a week to do it. Better include that's fair. John had better include the cougar tail. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Good, good. 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 That brings us to Alexia's number four. I I can see by the the pace of the progress we're making, we'll be done with our top five shows in about an hour and a half. I know, right? <laughs> hey, did Hello. you actually my number four, or do I have? To I repeat? didn't repeat. Yes. It's um. I watch Grimm. Okay. Which is the other like fairy tale show that came out that is not as good <laughs> because it's like basically a like a crime procedural with you know using fairy tale characters, which is cool. Don't get me wrong, but like I've kind of seen that kind of a show before. Like there's nothing really new there. Where I think Once Upon a Time has like it's like a show that's never been on. You know what I mean? Uh, so you don't like it, but it's your fourth favorite current show. Yeah, awesome. yeah, I'm I'm that way. And your and your fifth favorite show. Let's My be clear. My three was, favorite was shows I, though are I, actually shows that I really really like. <laughs> oh, I right. got it. It's an age of irony. That's what it is. Age of irony. Yep. All right. Well, I got my number three, and uh, I, I don't I don't feel conflicted about this, but I, I, anyway, it's iCarly. I think iCarly's fantastic. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh man, he said my. I'm kids, not familiar with that. What is that? My kids love all the stupid Disney shows, right? All the Disney shows aimed towards teenagers, and I hate them. I hate them so bad. But so, like, in kind of the same vein as a show on Nickelodeon called iCarly with, uh, what's her name, Miranda Cosgrove, right? Is the girl's name. I think I've seen a couple episodes of that because my niece is really into it. And actually, I think I gave it a chance because John, you like watched uh, like a whole season and you were tweeting about it. <laughs> this so, is this is the story. This is it's the story. Really funny. It, John, do one of the lowest points in my life not. when. <laughs> Wait, what? What am I not? You do not have, you don't kids. have kids. I don't have kids. No. Yeah, that's so the thing. I need to hear the story of how you started watching this show. I, I started watching. I started watching um, iCarly because, like, two years ago, I was jobless, and um, and I was just I don't know. I was just like not doing anything at all with my life, and so um, I just happened upon an episode of iCarly. And I got really, really into it. And the next day, I started just tweeting obnoxiously about iCarly. And, and like, <laughs> everyone who followed my Twitter were like, okay, you know, here, here are the 50 tweets that John has about iCarly. And this lasted for a week. And I think, like, people, like, were, like, doing, like, interventions and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, that's what, that's what gave JR a chance. It's kind of very similar, I may add, to... This whole Star Trek thing that's happening, because yeah. <laughs> Jr. always made fun of me for watching Star Trek because it's unbelievable that anybody will watch Star Trek. But I did that with Star Trek, and I did it with iCarly. And iCarly is—it's a pretty funny show, um, especially yeah. the old ones. The new ones, when they're older, I don't like as much. They're just—you know—because they're dating each other and stuff. It's not—it's not as charming as, as it, you know when yeah. they're doing the kids thing. So I gotta say, my my favorite character is probably. Uh... You know, it's my third favorite show, and I can't think of her name. Not Carly, the other girl, Sam. Sam, yeah. Oh, yeah, Sam. I love Sam. She's like, and that girl has like a crazy head of hair. Holy cow, that girl's anyway. I love her head of hair, and I love how shees always eating meat. It's great. Yeah, she loves meat. All yeah. right, John, number three, go. My number three, uh, the soup. Um, and this is a great show if you don't like reality TV and you don't watch too much TV. You can watch thirty minutes of the soup. 
and it shows you all the highlights of everything that happened in TV that week, and then it makes fun of them mercilessly. <laughs> I used to watch Talk Soup back when it was on E, but yeah. it's like years and years and years ago. Yeah, yeah it's. I think this is like the next version of Talk Soup. Yeah, didn't like didn't like like Joe Hansen or what John Hansen whatever come on that show like one day just as a cameo for having been on Talk Soup. Uh, or not <laughs> I'm sure I he did crickets. there are hundreds of episodes so I don't know yeah right. All right. he does this thing where he thinks he knows everything <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to argue with that um, All right, he's going to be so upset when we're done tonight because he's going to be like now you had people to gig up on me with this sucks. <laughs> I'm like a fan of these guys man be nice to me uh. I'm terribly nice to you. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to eat oh. more Triscuits and get right in your face. Oh, Be nice, yeah. you two. Be nice. Don't right, stop with the Triscuit breath. Okay, Justin, what's your what's your number three? <laughs> um, I'm going to go for number three. I'm going to go with Doctor Who. Um, I'm sort of cheating because I'm only on season three. Uh, so I am not up to date on it, but I am currently watching it. So Doctor Who. Do you know what show a, I've never seen an episode of? <laughs> you got a big fat smiley face in chat from our British pal. <laughs> Yay! Um, I well, you know, okay. So you've never seen Doctor Who, right? I've so, actually seen one episode from the '60s. And it was John. Bad. Is is that the one you and I watched at Peter's house, where like the villain was simply the camera bumping into Doctor Who <laughs> repeatedly? <laughs> so here was here was the thing for me in Doctor Who, right? Is that I did. Um, I wasn't a fan. I listened. I uh, did a podcast uh, for the Pop Off podcast about mm-hmm. Doctor Who with someone who was a fan. He got me sort of interested in it. And uh, I just started with the the reboot that was like five years ago. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I hear that's what everybody's starting with, and I think I'm going to start with that soon. I see no reason not to. So the first season, like the first season of Next Gen, and like the first season of Buffy, it's a little hard to get through. There are some some episodes that are a little corny, and they don't they don't quite work. And then right around the end of the first season, especially going into the second season, and very very much the second half of the second second season, the show grabs you. It takes some real risks. It goes to some darker places, and mm. and I like I'm to the point now where I just watched the first season of Torchwood, which is DS9 to Doctor Who's yeah. Next Gen. Um, and now I'm, I'm sucked into the point where, where I'm into the universe and I'm into the characters. And I, I tried to go back. I was like, I was very, very late. My wife and kids were asleep. It was like two in the morning. I was laying in bed and I was like, I couldn't fall asleep as is often the case. And so I was on Netflix, you know, kicking around and I saw a sixties doctor who was an option to watch. I was like, yeah, I'll give it a try. And so I popped it on, and I had a really, really hard time with it. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, and I was already into the world. I was like, and the first five minutes was awesome. It was like, oh, this is great. Look, there's the doctor and his companion. There's the TARDIS. Oh, this is great. Yeah, yeah. And after about five minutes, I was like, I need to watch something else. <laughs> well, I'm kind of like, um, I want. I I keep telling people I'm going to start watching Doctor Who, but like, I'm such a. I'm such a purist when I watch TV that I'm like, I'm going to have to start with like the 60s and watch all 3,000 episodes of those first before I watch the new ones because I'm, you know, I'm the I'm the guy who's always talking about how the, ne- the how uh, original series of Star Trek is better than all the new yep. ones. And so well, I then, kind of feel case, obligated to the, the old ones. One, yeah. Start with the new ones and then go back and watch the old ones and since you already know they'll be better, then you're saving <laughs> the best for last. Maybe <laughs> so. he's not doing yeah. it right. You got to start at the beginning. Like I'm with you, man. That's that's how I always feel about it and I tried to watch it. Like I tried to jump in in the middle and then I was like, "Wait, no." 
It doesn't feel right. And I was really, I really drunk at the time, and there were weird wax people. <laughs> Somebody had something to do with it, too, admittedly. Uh, you, are, you sold me at wax people. Weird wax people. <laughs> Queuing it up sold right me now. sold drunk. <laughs> yeah, but, right. I mean, because I'm reading all of the X-Men comics right now. Like, I have this PDF with nice. every uncanny um, so issue whatever, what, of X-Men. What, what issue are you on right now? I'm on, like, uh, I'm on issue, like, 280 right now and wow so so you're just past mad report right you like you've got you where are you and where is 280 like that jeez man you really know your stuff um yeah i'm a nerd <laughs> i'm it, it's they're just wrapping up uh let me try to remember um Cause 275 is the big issue where they all get into the old costumes and stuff and so it's, it's just it's five right around past. there it's it's like um it, oh, they've wait, gone through the Siege Perilous, and they've um, – it's a lot of Muir Island stuff. I think Shadow King is attacking Muir Island right now. Um, yeah, I think 281 is where they reboot uh, and, and, like, it, Uncanny, like, it's Bishop and all of them finally. Yeah, so, okay, yeah, Bishop's coming. Okay, but – Oh, you're you're going to have to, like, read, like, the, the new X-Men series that started kind of around the same time too because they, like – you have to read them concurrently to understand yeah, what's going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, and I'm worried about that because I actually don't have those issues. But How did it, you deal with Inferno then? Because Inferno <laughs> would make no sense if you didn't have X-Factor at the same time. Like you're just going, uh, wait a minute. What happened? I I got the essential X Factor, and uh, okay, so I, I got the new mutants individually too. So that is, you know what? If you want to the sidetrack real quick, but if you want like the new the original new mutants run is a hundred issues and then it stops, and it is as it, on its own as a story is it's probably the most like emotionally true of all of the X Men comics, and it's I it, it, Justin I adore the new mutants. I have almost all of them. Yeah, I've been too. reading those too. So. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay, so we'll have to. Yeah, you and I will have to listen to guys, Uncanny X Cast together. Later. That'll be awesome. <laughs> um, where are we? Oh, uh, Alexia number three. Yes. Did, so is this? This is like a trend. When it's Alexia's turn, they drop off. That's true. That's weird. Why is that? Hmm. I don't know. So, do you like stuff, John? Because I like stuff. Hey, I uh, don't like stuff. Phil, how about we add you right now, Phil, and you can tell yeah. us what your favorite Let's show is. Let's do it is. really quick. Hello. Phil, hey, you're in the Phil. With the beer. How you doing? How late is it? It's uh, 3.39 a.m. now. Oh, my gosh. Oh, your accent good luck, is man. so way cooler than I, than I imagined. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Right, yeah, this is the second time I've talked to you because I think I talked to you when uh, JR you was did. I had yeah. Hi! Hi! <laughs> oh, hey, oh hey, and Justin's back. Hey, um, Justin, Alexia, we have Phil from England who just called in. Hey there. Hi, Phil. So, Phil, your favorite currently running TV show, um, I, is it going to be Doctor Who? <laughs> you know me so well. Yes, it is. <laughs> nice. Well, awesome. Phil, please, please don't spoil past the beginning of season three. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, Say it really so, fast, Phil, right now while you're on Skype. Now's your chance. We just met Jones. We just met Jones. Like We just had the hospital episode on the moon. We just met Jones. So I'm, oh, I'm, wow. You really have a lot to go then. Yeah, I do. I've heard so, that. I've, I've heard I will either really like or really not like Donna Noble. So we'll find out. And how much of Torchwood have you seen? Um, all of season one. Right. Well, there's a lot to happen there as well. The third series of Torchwood. No spoilers, but that that is really fantastic. Even the people la- who hated Doctor and hated Torchwood and didn't like science fiction had to admit that that was just one of the best things they'd, they'd seen in years. The last really half quick. of season one was awesome too. Um, I just remember what I was going to say about Doctor Who. 
One reason why I'm excited to start watching it is I just learned that um, Stephen Moffat is like the main writer for it, and he did Coupling, the British sitcom Coupling, and I love Coupling. I thought that was an awesome show. Phil, I don't know how you feel about that show. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it was good. But it wasn't even that big here. I'm kind of surprised that you've even heard of it. <laughs> really? It's, it's, Didn't I they think make it's an American version show. of it? They did make an American called. version that tanked horribly. Yeah. Of course it did. No. Well, I mean, there was also, I, I always heard it. They would talk about it all the time on Simply Syndicated, and so that's where I always heard about it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, like, on Make I, It So and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They would, because they're, they're out of Leeds, so... I don't understand anything about England, but I assume that's somewhere in England. Well, I know it's somewhere in England, but I don't know what's <laughs> relation to London. <laughs> or in the north. That's where Mickey used to live and where we met. Oh, I'm sorry that she couldn't be on with us tonight. Yeah, no, so is she, bad. but she had to sleep. Sleep, schmeep. Okay, no. Phil, second favorite show. Yeah, Se- that's still on. Yes, yeah. it's really tricky because we don't watch much that's still on. Because uh, we just like to watch things on DVD after they're finished, but I would have to say probably Dexter. Oh, oh yeah, that's a good choice, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Seen, I don't know. Yeah. Um, up until the last but one series, I think the latest series is the one with Edward oh, James. Oh, Yeah, I'm not going to I'm only on like season two. Oh, all right, okay. We told you not to spoil anything, Phil. Damn it, man. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I, I can't spoil that series because I don't know what happens in it. I know someone who's in it, but I don't know anything that happens in it. But it's really Dexter, good. It's, it's Dexter's okay show. for all you sociopaths, all three of you, all four of you. <laughs> That's the thing. It, Thank you. When you start watching it, it, it feels so weird to be sort of cheering for this guy who's a murderer but a nice one i don't think that's spoiling anything too much to say that no so, no yeah because he's just kind of the bad guy just a few weeks yeah um but then you just start cheering for the murderer and you just deal with it and it's great <laughs> yeah um well, really I, quick I before we let you go phil um mm-hmm. peep show oh you were you were right man I love yeah. Peep Show. Yeah, no, I take it back. This, this requires context, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you liked it. Yeah, it's it's really, really good. So well observed and just the funniest thing I think I've ever seen. Yeah. It's Another British sitcom, um, Peep Show. It, it's got kind of this interesting gimmick where every single camera angle is from the point of view of one of the characters in the scene. Yeah, um, but you kind of forget about that. Once you get into the show, it's just so funny. Yeah, the, yeah. The gimmick just kind of passes you by. It it mm-hmm. is really, really good, and uh, the name is kind shows? of weird as well and puts people off. But just it's not it about peep shows, you know. <laughs> okay, so that's just it, the title. It's it's called Peep Show because it's it's through someone yeah. else's peepers. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, but it's a great show. So it, it was, it was, Phil, you're the one who told me to watch it, and I, and I oh, really so appreciate proud. it because I actually stopped watching because I only have like five episodes left. And so I'm saving those. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, I do that too. I, apparently, everyone who knows me thinks I am like Mark in Peep Show. And my best friend is exactly like Jez from Peep Show. So <laughs> it kind of amuses people. And uh, it's more amusing if you know who Mark and Jez are. Yeah. Because they're, 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 they're like the, they're the odd couple. Um, one yeah, is like clinically lazy people. and horrible. And the other one is the most uptight, crazy because they're both crazy in different ways. Both they're both crazy. insane. One's so. uptight and repressed and very British, and one's a sort of slacker, hippie yeah. job. <laughs> Darn hippies. Darn hippies. Yeah, take a bath, <laughs> hippie. 
Okay. Right. Anyway, hey, Phil, thanks, thanks so much. Thanks hey, so much. get get some Thank sleep, you, man. I will do. I may have to go now, but big congratulations on your 100th podcast, guys. Very well. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. One of one of the biggest the listeners earliest. we have. One of our yeah. earliest, right? From the also, beginning. he's the biggest. He's like, aren't you like 6'4 or something? The earliest, yeah. And I think <laughs> I, I, if not your first international listener, the first one you knew about anyway, I remember JR getting very excited. Yeah, yeah we were really <laughs> pumped. We were like, oh man, this guy probably talks cool. <laughs> Bill, yeah. will, Phil, will you be our fan too, please? <laughs> Yes, I must admit I hadn't heard of your podcast, but I'll be sure to check it out now because it sounds inform- informative and entertaining and thought-provoking. It's the it's the okay. Trek Off podcast, not to be confused with the Chekhov podcast. Right now, yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks again, Phil. No problem. Cheers, guys. All righty. Cheers. Cheers. I love okay. it. So, I love it. It's fantastic. Maybe we can call him too. <laughs> He's like weird. Now I've got stalkers <laughs> every day. Call call him when you record your podcast. After this, make sure you call him when it's like five in the morning. When it's time. like five in the morning, yeah. you're like, Phil, what's up? Hi, Phil. <laughs> so, Alex, we've noticed that it that it cuts out on your side every time it's your turn to say your your favorite show. That's kind of messed up. Yeah. So, your number three. My number three would have to be um, Psych. Ooh. I really like that show, and I kind of adore Sean. <laughs> well, you know, that's a fine segue into my number two, which is Psych, and I love Gus. Uh, hell yeah. You love Gus, though? How can you love Gus? I, I do love Gus. I just don't love him as much as I love so Sean. So are, are you current on it? I actually, um, I guess, I'm not certain. I'm on season six, episode 13, okay. the last one I watched. So you saw the Twin Peaks episode. Oh, gosh, that was a while ago, but yeah. Oh, my gosh, that was so good. They're all so good. My, actually, I think my favorite episode, though, was the eight, like when they go back to Sean's reunion because of all the 80s references. Because oh, yeah. I remember the 80s. That was like the best time ever. Oh. So, so That's all the That's what I'm looking forward to because I 80s. hear there are a lot of <laughs> 80s references. But no, the, I think and, the first season of Psych is a little, uh, little hard to get through. It, it is. And it, and it feels like we say that about every single show, right? And so my brother, who got me into Psych, said, You got to kind of get to the first season. But. But um, that show's brilliant. So yeah, I, I, only, I didn't. I didn't have a lot of trouble getting into it, but I could see where you kind of might. I mean, mm-hmm. every show I think has its like the beginning where it's kind of finding itself. Yeah, and then it goes to different places. One of the things I love about that show is how like when they'll have a particular kind of you know conceit for an episode, and they'll do the song. <laughs> like the Bollywood style for the one time, and Ooh, like or the uh, to men, the Tears for Fears. Yes, I love that. Ooh. I love that they do that, and it's so it's so interesting how it totally works every time. No matter what they do to that song, it always sounds good. Yeah, just saying. <laughs> All right, John, number two. My number two? I thought it was yes. your number two. No, I did. I said Psych. Oh right. Oh yeah, of course. Um, my number two is Futurama. <laughs> That's that. I, I would have thought that would have been in your, your number one, but okay. Um, now, because you know, I love Futurama. I think Futurama is, um, the second best show currently on television. Yeah, it's the second best show currently on television because sci-fi is so ripe with stuff to make fun of. Futurama is like the nerdiest, geekiest jokes packed into an episode. If you listen to like the commentaries on Futurama, like from the creators, it is just like the dorkiest love fest ever and i i yeah i think futurama is as far as like pound for pound i like it better than the simpsons so um, help me out here because when it first came out i tried i mean i really yeah, did try too. i sat down the first season and and it was one of those things where it started i was like forcing myself to laugh i was like haha that's that's funny 
and <laughs> I got I got through the first couple episodes, and I was just like I. I couldn't hold my interest. I mean, does it does it also improve in the same way the other shows do? I would say it definitely improves. I think third season is the best. But, I mean, if you look at it compared to Simpsons, the first two seasons of Simpsons, I mean, you know. Except, except one of the best episodes ever in the, in the Simpsons is the first season, and it's the bowling episode. Is that the first season? Jacques? Oh, that's for a season with Jacques. Oh my gosh, that's one of the finest episodes ever. These trophies are not for bowling, Marge. They are for They're lovemaking. For lovemaking. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> oh man, and, and then Homer, where are you going? Tell the boss that I'm taking the woman I love to the back seat of my car, and I won't be back for ten minutes. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Now, Futurama. I give it another shot. Watch the Star Trek episode of Futurama. That one's brilliant. Yeah, you made me watch that. That was pretty good. Yeah. I've seen the clip. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, YouTube. Justin, number two. Um, For number two, I'm going to go to The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Ooh. The companion piece to my number five. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay, so so it's worth worth noting, right, that that I got two kids. I got a five-year-old and and like a ten-month-old. And I'm also directing a movie at the same time. So often I get to finishing what I'm doing over the course of the day right at about 11, 11, 15. My wife works a regular 9 to 5, and so she has to get to bed by about midnight. So when it's time to, to kick back, she's got about 15 to 17 minutes. I got 15 to 17 minutes, and we're kicking back. We're like, what can we watch? It's the first two segments of The Daily Show, and then we turn it off during the, during the interview. And that's pretty much all there is time in my life to watch television for the most part. Um, so that's like, it's sort of the perfect thing for that because there's, it's really only a 17 minute show. If you take away the interview. Yeah. Oh, Plus suddenly I feel very sorry for you and your stressful life. <laughs> that makes no, it. No, don't. My that... life is a, my life's a freaking fairy tale. I love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> living the dream guys. So that yeah. makes it that, that, that length of watching it, that makes it kind of like watching a uh, space Ghost coast to coast. Oh, what a great show! Sweet oh, yeah. I want it back. I want it back. Yeah, I'm, Jr. and I used to my love it that show. Yeah. Oh, the Brack is one of the greatest characters ever created. Oh yeah. Oh, oh my fantastic. god. We, in fact, we just watched the 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 car. What's the episode with the premiere of um of, Powerpuff uh, Girls? Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, where yeah. the Council of Doom chooses the best cartoon. <laughs> fantastic. And like Brack's what Brack's answer was, my name is Brack. For you know one of his quite anyway. So fantastic. <laughs> uh, from one to ten, Brack, what do you think of this cartoon? My name is Brack. <laughs> <laughs> so, now we're gonna do something magical here, Alexia. You're gonna say your number two before you guys cut out. Go. Yeah. Okay. Uh. It's Archer. Archer. I adore that show. I've, I've seen it. Archer? I've seen it on. Is it on Netflix? Is it available on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Uh, yeah. Season one is on Netflix. I don't know if season two is, um, but season one definitely is, and it is so wrong uh, on so many levels and so funny. I absolutely adore it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's very very dirty. It's like it's like James Bond, but like horribly inappropriate. <laughs> Right, yeah. Because oh, he works with his mom, right? And Yeah. Like and what's great is as the show continues to go on, like it builds like all of these sort of like inside jokes, like as you watch the show more that you sort of you know, this is how we get ants, you know, which 
is hysterical if you watch the show, like because mm. it, it's something that kind of recurs at like just monumental moments. But it's funny even in the moment. But like when you watch it more, like all that stuff becomes even more funny. Like there's like a running gag where Archer is always talking about how him and Lana like used to hook up. Mm. But like so she like will say something and be like, hey, Lana, you better call Kenny Loggins. <laughs> danger zone <laughs> and it's just so damn funny <laughs> now oh wow this okay this is a little bit of a tangent really quick but has anybody in here seen the artist the new movie best picture of the year yes oh, I yes to, it was I so yet. beautiful it's it. it's quite good quite good movie no spoilers please no spoilers please. no spoilers but um because i'm going to talk about something completely different um the the main director no, but something completely different yeah <laughs> <laughs> my second favorite show is flying circus is that still on it seems yeah, it seems really new. no um the director of the artist um his previous two movies are, are a, a bunch of movies about this french secret agent who's this kind of kind of this moronic secret agent sort of like austin powers or sort of like archer or something like that um and it's the same guy who's in The Artist, and it's the same, like, in at least one of the movies, like, the kind of femme fatale of the James Bond movie that he's in is the same girl who's in The Artist, who's amazing. Really? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Alexia, if you like The Artist, check out, um, it's called OSS-117, uh, Cairo Nest of... Th- Nest of spies i think is what it's called that's, that's the, the one with hell of a the, title good lord oh, oh my <laughs> <Yeah>. goodness <laughs> it, it, anyway novel. i thought it was awesome it's just like is it on netflix it's it's on netflix yeah i watched it on netflix okay. so um it, it, it's it's like it's like the artist was a silent movie homage but this is like a kind of james bond movie homage and it's really funny so interesting Ooh. yeah i'll yeah, have to check like it out it. thanks man. yeah uh where are we jr number one number okay. one number one number one and it's Dexter. For me, it's Dexter. Um, really? So brilliantly written. John, I, you, I, can't, I can't stress enough how much you need to get into that show. It's, it's the best written current show on TV. And, and um, really probably the best written show since maybe Arrested Development, which wow. I loved. Hmm. Um, so anyway, Dexter, it's fantastic. Certainly written in a different way, right? A little different. The two shows are a little different. Um, hmm. But uh, anyway, that's it. Number one, well, it, is it bad of me to say that I I don't think it's like um, because I know people who are turned off by it because of the subject matter. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know. I I didn't think I wasn't turned on enough by it. I, <laughs> I kind of wanted more killing. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I don't know what to tell you, John. John, you just 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 watch a couple episodes, and if 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 uh, if you're not hooked, then. Um... Then I'll uh I'll eat a candy bar. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll, that's a threat. Yeah, you're really good at those. Before I do my number one, I just want to go over Melanie's top five. Okay. Uh, if you guys agree. Hi. Hi. Okay. Hi, oh, you guys were gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we didn't realize you were gone. Okay. Um, we're the really quick. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. Hopefully we can last the night. This is this is crazy. Um, Melanie's top five shows currently on the air. Tell me if you guys agree. Number five, Touch, which no. I think is a new show. Isn't that the new J.J. <laughs> Abrams show or something or something? I don't know. I don't know. Number four is Psych, which I don't know. You may have heard Woo! of. Psych is good and stuff. <laughs> Number three, Warehouse 13. Ooh. 
I is that any good? Q, I've been trying to watch it, but I haven't gotten around to it. I've yet. heard a lot of really good things, and it's also on my queue to like start up when I'm done with Who and Torchwood. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, tell us how it is, nerds. When you when you're done with it, um, <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. Well, well yeah, do a report later. Do a report when we do uh, <laughs> okay. podcast 200, and we do this all over again. We'll uh, right do that. Yeah. Uh, okay, number two, Eureka. Oh, Eureka! Is I've a heard great good show. things, I, and I've seen the first half of the first episode, but. I, I'm at a point where I'm in the middle of so many shows that I got to finish a few. Yeah, yeah this is nightmarish how much TV is on. So, uh, and number one is Castle. And McCormick. No. Oh. That's with uh, Captain Mal. Yes, with Captain I mean, Mal Reynolds of of Firefly, which I think Fire. I love 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 Firefly. Jr., you kind of liked Firefly, right? No, I thought it was pretty darn good. Okay, good, sidetrack good. real quick. If you're going to introduce someone to Firefly, do you just go ahead and show them Serenity first so they see sort of a condensed version of what the show can be and then say go back? Or do you try to get them to work through the first couple episodes, which are a little harder to digest? As, as you time? may know, Justin, okay. I'm a purist when it comes to these <laughs> kind of things. So, I, I watched the show first and I watched yeah. it all the way through before the movie. I, I watched the show first. Because I didn't get to do that because I saw the movie and I didn't know about the show until after the movie. And then I was you know, like, wait, this was, a, this was a show? Yeah, I have to get it now. I almost bailed on the show. Like, even as a Buffy fan, I almost bailed on the show by the second episode. Cause really? Because the language was a, was a barrier for me. The, the, oh, it is the very weird, jossified yeah. language was a barrier I for me. I have a good friend uh, who really didn't get to it for that reason. I like the language. Um, I do but too I can now. See, yeah. I, can see, I can see why it can be like problematic um at first i and i i kind of was adjusting a little bit but um for me it's kind of weird because i watched the whole series specifically um before i saw the movie because i decided to watch it when the movie was still in theaters and so i that's how i did it and when i saw the movie i remember thinking how can anybody enjoy this movie without seeing the series first and so that's what i tell everybody and i'm like yeah watch the series first i love the series i actually like the series more than the movie but i watched the movie again like a couple weeks ago and i remember thinking to myself as far as like creating this movie from a tv show it's amazing how well they made the movie and make it exciting enough for both sides of it i think it really the writing of the movie is really amazing because yeah. being a person who saw the movie because i didn't know about the show yeah like I wasn't lost. Yeah. Like yeah. I didn't watch the movie going, oh, I don't really know what's going on or what's happening. And it was like it really delivers on the world and the people very quickly. <laughs> John, read. Did you read her number one? No. Oh no, yeah. Her number one is Castle. That's why we started talking about Firefly. So okay. So what's your what's your number one, John? Okay, my number one. And they're gonna they're kind of come running into the room again. But my number one is Community. Oh, what a good choice! Yeah, actually, you know, I only watched the first season of that because, dang it, if it's not available on Netflix, it is so hard for me to watch a show. I, right now, I'm uh, mm-hmm. I'm on the sixth season of The West Wing, and it's and it's taken me forever because I got to get the discs. Oh right, West Wing, eh? Did yeah. Did you notice a drop off of quality between like the fourth season and the fifth season? Because I think the the that's when uh, uh, the Aaron Sorkin left. Hey, we're back. Hey, you're back. back. John, I'm going to say that I've been watching that show so slowly that I didn't, there, there was no, I, no capability of noticing any kind of drop off. Anyway, John said his favorite current show is Community. Very good choice. Okay. And, uh, then, apparently that's all. Me? Oh, then me, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I don't so. want to say, I don't want to talk about Community very much. It's, everyone knows it's the best show on TV, so that's all I have to say. 
Wow, that's quite a statement. I didn't even mm-hmm. know that. It's yeah, it's true. Good. And I love Annie. Is it? Yeah, Annie, right? Annie Edison. Uh, oh, she's awesome. She okay. Okay, this is the only thing I'm going to say about John community. doesn't want to talk about community, but here we go. Uh, <laughs> I, I I'm I'm a bigger fan of the blonde Gillian Jacobs because I think I can hang out with her. Um, Annie Edison <laughs> though, Alison Brie, she is so beautiful that it actually makes me angry how beautiful. Like I'm actually <laughs> jealous of her. Well, that's funny. That is funny. You know what? I had that same thought. Um, not about a girl actually, about a guy. The guy, and it wasn't angry though. It was more like like I just wanted to cry because he's so pretty. Fastbender. Um, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, strangely, it's not Justin. Hey. Um, <laughs> although pretty. you're very pretty in a strange kind of way. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was actually the. I, I don't know if he's ever been anything. No, I think he was. He was in Prince Caspian. He was Prince Caspian in those movies. But like the movie oh. that I saw him, that he was very, very pretty, was actually um, Dorian Gray. He played Dorian Gray. And I remember the whole time I was like, this is just perfect casting because he is just beautiful there's a movie called dorian gray yeah it was recently redone with liam neeson plays the guy who kind of corrupts him right oh um was it liam it might have been liam neeson liam neeson was was called the gray (laughs) (laughs) the crossover there what i have is a very particular set of skills (laughs) (laughs) to punch wolves in the movie the gray i would punch wolves (laughs) So you guys haven't seen the video yet. You have to go on YouTube and watch Liam Neeson does comedy or something. Oh <laughs> my! God. It's from from uh, from the new um, Warwick Davis and uh, who's the guy from uh, Ricky Gervais, um, oh. and it's hilarious. YouTube that now so after funny. the show. <laughs> okay, uh, write it down. Who's left? Uh, well, let's it's see. John you, Peters Justin, right? And Justin, do you have a number one, Alexia? Did you go? I didn't go, but I usually go after you. You go after me. Um, uh, I well, I've said it about I, I probably Torchwood. Did I? I didn't say Torchwood yet, right? I, I thought you were going to say that the way you were I haven't been keeping track. Though. Yeah, it's fun. You know, it's it's an interesting show, and it's probably because it's about the closest to Buffy that I've gotten. It's a flawed show, um, certainly, but I see where it's going, and I see how it's building, and uh, and it's I when I had to go back to Doctor Who because you need to watch them in tandem with one another. I was a little disappointed to have to leave it. Um, so, um, I really like it. It's really good. It's really geeky, which is good for me. Um, but yeah, Torchwood. Woo. Okay. All right, Alexia, it's time My, to wrap this baby up. It's not geeky. It's once upon a time, which is not a That's very- not geeky at all. <laughs> no. Geeky. I should have saw that coming because you're like, like okay, there's, and- there's Grimm, which is not as good as this other show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So seriously, the reason this show is so good, um, is because- it's first conceptually like the idea of a show that's going to be somehow dramatic uh, and be about fairy tale characters just doesn't even it's you you almost watch it going how can that be um, and then when you watch it it's like it's just so interesting the way they've sort of created this this world where you can see how you know the fairy tales we've come up with would fit. But like theirs is almost like a darker, more interesting, more intertwined version of how all and all these characters live in the same place and, and they all interact with each other. And it's like it's so intriguing, the things they come up with. We have been talking for nearly 90 minutes. We haven't talked about Star Trek. Yet. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm ready to start. John. But I'm okay. enjoying talking to you guys. You guys are awesome. <laughs> this is OK. OK. Before we do before we get into the, the episodes, I just have a quick announcement regarding um, the podcast anyway. Um, so I finished 
the the new JR watches Star Trek for the first time T-shirt, right? Oh, the link you sent me, I, it doesn't work. I couldn't see the shirt. Okay, that's because. Um, shortly after I finished the shirt, and it's like amazing, there's a star field with a big JR head, and the Enterprise, and that's on the front, it says JR watches Star Trek for the first time. On the back, it says JR watches Star Trek.blogspot.com. Um, uh, it is most logical, and it says it in this really cool font that looks sort of Star Trekky and everything, and it's black, and it's mm-hmm. just beautiful. Um, after I finished it and ordered one for myself, I got several emails from Cafe Press saying, we may not be able to service this shirt because it may contain copyrighted material. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> so um, I guess we're not supposed to put pictures of the Enterprise on Cafe Press shirts. Yeah. Plus, Cafe Press is wicked expensive. It costs like 40 bucks for that shirt. Have you tried um, Zazzle? Okay, and that's my next question. Where should I try next? Because I know there's one that starts with the Z, and I guess it is Zazzle, huh? Okay, I'll try yeah, Zazzle. Zazzle next. is less expensive. That much I do know. Um, mm-hmm. You may run into the same problem, but it might take them longer to figure it out. <laughs> the, the chatty people can hear us. So, I'm yeah. John. Are we ready to do this? Let's do it. Okay, let's get fine. all Star Trekky. Fine. Sure. Are, okay, let's. Fine. Okay, we've put it off long let's, enough. Let's start. <laughs> let's talk uh, Deep Space Nine episodes. I'm drinking this Romulan ale here. <laughs> do you really have Romulan ale? So we're we're yes, we're, do. we're having nice. uh, we're having uh, this rum-based drink called a Hurricane, which is blue. And and it totally looks like Romulan and, ale. And given and given my my particular connection to the Romulans, um, which I might explain later, um, I I always like to drink stuff that's like Romulan ale. Well, that's what I you- call. Um, there's, you know how there's all the weird different flavors of Mountain Dew. My favorite Mountain oh, Dew yeah. is the blue one, and so because blue is better. Yeah, I always, I always call that stuff uh, my uh, my Romulan ale. Nice. Okay, so we're starting season five, right? Yes. Season five of Deep Space Nine, according to you guys, is the best season of Deep Space Nine. And we had someone email us in and said the same thing. Said that uh, that we should look forward to the season. That it's the best season. So yeah. So here we go. And you know, I, I I think we had a decent start. So I mean, if you guys are ready, I'm ready to to do the first episode. Okay, I'm ready. Do it. All right, do it. Just do it. <laughs> All right. So the first episode is called Apocalypse Rising, and this is just a kind of a continuation. You know, Deep Space Nine. It, it's kind of weird, right? Because it's not like a two-parter that spans the end mm-hmm. and the beginning of the season, but it's definitely kind of a continuation. So what this is is we know that Galron is a changeling. So uh, the Federation has come up with the great idea that we're going to send a team to, where are they at? Are they at some kind of crazy Klingon planet? Quick, John. What, Kronos? No, they're not at Kronos. No, oh, they're not. Um, they're at some secret compound deep in like Klingon go, space. Go I didn't write it down. It starts with a J. It's like... I'm going to find it. Hold on. Hold on. It's Tigacore. Tigacore. Oh. So, so Tiger really, core. there's no J in there anywhere. No, I don't know no where J. I came up with that. <laughs> so, at Tiger Corps, they're going to have like a big. It's, it's like kind of like a. It, it seems to me like it's like an Eagle Scout ceremony where it, the people. Order are, of the bat. Yeah, yeah, order of the, the bat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so we're going to send a bunch of people from from Deep Space Nine uh, to infiltrate it, and they're going to prove that Galron is a changeling, and they're going to do it in a really cool way. They were given, I think, four gold magic eight balls yes they were yes. yeah and so i think they just have to like surround him with him and then it, they they have to ask him are you a changeling and then when he gives the answer they, <laughs> they all look at their magic eight balls at the same time and whatever the consensus is that's how they go one of so, them but, says 
Try again later. <laughs> it is decidedly so. Is it, so, so anyway, um, but the only way for them to infiltrate it is, of course, to become Klingoni. So they all go get super duper plastic surgery, and uh, and they're off, and they go to Tigacore, and uh, it seems like a pretty pretty. It's 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 like a big sports bar sort of, right? A bunch of <laughs> rowdy men and lots of drinking and and punching each other and stuff like that, and uh, so. I, they they attempt to do their their uh, their magic eight ball thing, but they're caught because what's the guy's name? Martok. Oh, Martok. Yeah. Martok. That darn Martok. He recognizes. Is it O'Brien? No, he, no. no. He, he confronts. Oh, he O'Brien. does. He, he does he recognize almost, O'Brien, and then O'Brien the, gets himself out of it. But he recognizes. Cisco. He recognizes Cisco. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, when Cisco yeah. goes up Captain to, Benjamin to get his like that's his right. award or his like little doopy from Gowron, <laughs> that's when he uh he calls him out. He like yeah. hits him in the back. He's yeah. like, Ah, oh, Captain Cisco. <laughs> yeah. So they all get put in prison and their magic eight balls get destroyed, so we're never gonna know <laughs> if Gowron uh was a changeling or not. So um but so they're they're talking to Martok. And Martok reveals that he's had some suspicions for some while. And uh, so he lets them get out. Uh, but interestingly enough, um, he says that, that there there can't be any kind of honorable fight to the death or whatever, which, you know, it sounded like it was going to be a little anticlimactic. Maybe they were going to go just talk to him about whether or not he was a changeling. Um, but anyway, he releases them, and they go, and they confront him, and Worf and uh, Gowron have this super cool fight. And... Uh, did, did was any of you guys like suspect this or pick this up when 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 he mentions that he doesn't want like an honorable fight or that uh yeah i feel when, like it was telegraphed a little yeah, bit yeah a, a when, little when, bit yeah when galron was like bring it on and he doesn't let anyone help him and and so so they've got their little fight and right as Worf is about to uh is about to kill galron uh you got um odo who stops him and says, hey, you know, the real changeling is uh, Martok over here. And uh, Martok ch- turns into a changeling. And then, I-, I don't know why I enjoyed this so much, but then you've got like 30 Klingons using phasers just repeatedly sh- shooting the, the, the changeling. The changeling until it's dead. Yeah. Okay, so wow, so has, it, has, awesome. has anyone here seen Die Hard 3? Yes. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know the scene where they make Bruce Willis walk around in the street with a sign saying "I hate" and then a particular word, and it would be a dangerous place to do that. If you watch Why? it on TNT, the sign says yeah. "I hate everybody." Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but the, but the, but but in, interesting. Interestingly enough, why why in the world? That's the the one. Pro- I love the episode. It's a great episode, and I will talk a little bit later about why it's a particularly fun episode for me. But but why does he turn into a changeling? Like he's like, what I'm going to do now is reveal to everyone here who is armed that I indeed am a changeling, just and- like Odo said. <laughs> when before it was just his word against me. And he, yeah, what? Like they, we had no. No proof. It was just There's Odo no saying, res- no, it's Martok. <laughs> that was it. Like, and they were already like, they were in prison and stuff. Like, who was going to believe Odo? <laughs> no, that, that was it. That's a, that's a fine point. But then he tentacles him in the neck. <laughs> and it's all, I will oh, tentacle yeah. you. No one will ever possibly shoot me now. It seems like the changelings, they just, they really want to show off. When they're well, you like, listen to our last episode of Trekoff because it's all about this. I, you know <laughs> what? I did listen to that, and about, you're right. About the Dominion, yeah. Well, they they are dicks. They're they're dicks. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, they like to show off. 
Because what the thing I don't understand is, uh, like the changeling's big brilliant idea is to uh, is to get you know Martok in there, and it seems like once he's in and once they, it seems like they're in the clear. Like how do they screw that up? You know. (laughs) Oh well, like, and the other question is if if they've infiltrated with Martok, right? Like, and he's super close to Gowron, like. Why was there never a time to replace him too? I know. Yeah, yeah. that that was my thing. It was like, Like, okay, so um, yeah, Martok, he's like second in command, or someone second in command. Um, Why is it so difficult for the changeling to like make that? Like their big plan was to trick the Federation to into killing Gowron into killing Gowron because they planted that into Odo when he's in the in the sewage sea full of changeling yeah Yeah. and and they're like okay and so we're gonna they're rubbing their hands together okay this this big elaborate plan's gonna work rather than just having Martok go over two steps and kill Gowron right well and then and the whole reason is what that's gonna make the Klingons want to fight more like yeah we will be more at war with you than we are now (laughs) (laughs) Which kind of brings up the resolution, which is because you got Cisco and uh, and Galron, they have this talk, right? And so Cisco says, uh, "So now you should stop fighting us, so we can fight the Dominion." And Galron says, "But I really love fighting." And Cisco says, "But you know what would really make the Dominion mad? Peace." Right. And so yeah, <laughs> and so Garon's like, "Oh my gosh, this is how I'm going to totally piss off the Dominion with peace." <laughs> peace. Take, take, take some peace in the face. Yeah, man. take I that. <laughs> It's like spiteful peace. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you know what? I felt. love this guy. These, this Federation, I love them, man. You know so why? it's really like you don't want me to. It, there's a an original series episode where there's this uh, weird creature that came on the Enterprise, and it forced the Klingons and and the Enterprise crew to fight each other with swords because it fed off of that. And their only way to fight it off was to put down the swords and, and like, laugh. laugh at it. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember. You know this this piece though. It's magical. It lasts about a, an episode and a half. Yeah, that's true. Because that's it all does. it needed to last. Yeah. Before before right. we jump off this episode, I I would like to talk about why this is a particularly special episode for me. Okay. Okay, sir. Uh, so the way the brief history lesson, the way I got into Star Trek, I was kind of a mild fan in high school, but um, my first professional acting job was playing a Romulan Ooh. at. Uh, at uh, at a local theme park around here called King's Dominion when it used to be owned by Paramount. Cool. Um, and I did it for three years. And the way it was the Romulans, the Klingons, I auditioned to be Shaggy. I wasn't that big of a Star Trek fan, but they, they <laughs> cast me as a Romulan. And uh, the way they trained the Klingons was to show this episode um, oh, wow. because oh, it is okay. a Klingon teaching humans how to behave Klingon. Huh. Um, oh, and in the same way for, for the Romulan ep- for the Romulans, they taught they showed us the episode uh, of Next Gen Face of the Enemy, where Troy gets kidnapped and is yeah. taught how to be a Romulan by other Romulans. Mm. Um, and the, and also the 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 Picard and Data go to Romulus episode where they have to pretend. So it's it's sort of the same. They used the, so every year we had to watch. We got paid to watch this episode of Deep Space Nine. To see how to be Klingons, uh, or, or for the Klingons to watch how Klingons are supposed to behave. So it's kind of when I watched it, it brought back a, a, just a flood of of memories of that time of of actually being part of Trek for the brief time that I was. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, cool. I I don't I don't think you have a poor life anymore, Justin. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that Buy is. Buy me a river, Justin. <laughs> so, so who do you guys think was the worst Klingon? 
in this yeah. episode. It was definitely O'Brien. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> and, terrible. And, like, he, not, not the least of which, like, and I love O'Brien, but he looks ridiculous as a Klingon. Well, he, he plays the comedy of it, which I love, which is... Which yeah, is, I mean, he looks ludicrous and he, and he behaves that way. Yeah. And, like, even when he's trying, like, and that's why that's such, it's such a triumph when he actually <laughs> talks his way out of being recognized by Martin. <laughs> like, so pathetic. <laughs> And somehow manages to muddle through anyway, yeah. and you're like, "Way to go, O'Brien! Good work." <laughs> so apparently, he complained so much during that episode that 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 they never like a play a, put that kind of makeup on him ever again. I, I think uh, it was a Michael Doran that said, "Please never, ever, ever make him a Klingon again." Oh, because wow. he was complaining to Michael Doran. Well, I guess O'Brien just complained to like everyone, ever. that <laughs> or Coleman, other- whatever. The other thing that's fun about speaking of the makeup is is Cisco's inability to speak around no, the teeth. No, you're not you're not right about that. What's interesting is it's only when he's like saying Mad. a Klingon thing, like because when he's just talking to them, he's totally fine. Yeah. It's when he's like, "You can brag as long as you don't get between me and the blood wine." <laughs> or when he when he punches Warp out, he's like, "Are you questioning the validity of my plan?" <laughs> but unless he's doing that. He's actually fine, and so that's why I find it so odd. I personally, I was like watching it. I'm like, Cisco was supposed to be a Klingon. Like, yeah, the yeah, character I, I, was supposed to be a Klingon. I swear. I think he loved it so much that I, I was like, ex- I was almost expecting like the next episode he'd still be a Klingon. You know, just like, can I just can I keep it for a couple weeks? So anyway, well, that's that episode. Yes, it is. Oh, I, hey, wait, no, we're not done with this episode, because there's one thing I have to mention about this episode, which okay, is, okay. okay, it's great to have Gold Ducat flying around in the Bird of Prey. Oh, oh my gosh, that's one of the best moments of the entire episode, Yeah, yeah where Gold Ducat says, I've got a better idea, and just blows off the stupid ship. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> oh, fantastic, because I, I, by the way, I love Gold Ducat, and that is like, that's him. Oh, definitely. What I oh, like yeah. about it, though, is that you're totally expecting, like, uh, what I love about it is it's this complete setup. Because they're like, oh, no, the circuits are fused. And it's like, but now we happen to have four, you know, Klingons on board. So, like, you totally think it's going to be the awkward, try to talk our way out of it moment. And then Gold Ducat's just like, nope, bam. It's like, You're like, what? <laughs> Gold Ducat, because, because if, they, if they actually opened the hailing frequencies, Gold Ducat would have appeared on the screen. And that would have been disastrous. So rather than Gold Ducat stepping to his right... Two steps, he just pushes the button to blow the ship up. That's what he would rather do than just step aside really quick. I I feel as a season opener, it's good to remind people, he's a bad guy. Yeah, Yeah. He's not a good guy. He's he's a bad guy. He's gray. I don't know if I call him. He's he's sort of gray gray with some black flags on him. Yeah. (laughs) He's he's in his own place. No. No, I mean, he's actually gray. Oh, he is. Oh, he is really. Gosh, yeah, he's, really? He's oh. <laughs> Why do you always have to do that? Oh, Jr. Could you else? um? Could you drop Justin but keep Alexia? Is that possible with Skype? <laughs> hey, I don't know. Do what... <laughs> kidding. <laughs> oh gosh. Hey, you really had me going there. I know, right? <laughs> okay. Here's my, here's my thing with Gold Ducat though. I think it's awesome that he's going around in his ship just killing people, right? Um, oh, yeah. But I'm really surprised that the Klingons haven't written down the serial number on that particular bird of prey. 
<laughs> or or notice that that battle scar on that particular ship because like yeah. I don't know if they would use something like that, but they would be like that was from that battle with those people <laughs> like that. I believe they would do. Yeah, <laughs> and they wouldn't like repair it if it wasn't like damaging to the vessel because it's like a mark of pride. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, we have some emails coming in uh, regarding this episode. Let's see if we can do this here. Do, 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 do. Ooh, fancy. You guys are a high tech. Uh, yeah, sure. Here we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Apocalypse Now. Is that what it's called? Apocalypse Rising. Uh, David called it Apocalypse Now. Cue the doors, the end, playing over the space battle scenes where Cisco wakes up in his quarters. Um, uh, Cisco and his men are sent upriver to terminate the Garon founder with extreme prejudice. This is pure comic book Deep Space Nine, but it still ends up a lot of fun. As always, Deep Space Nine handles fallout from previous big events with Odo depressed and the Federation dreading war with the Klingons. Once we get the mission, though, it's a good setup for standard action trick. Like the tail end of the finale, it fits the TNG, we've got to fix the cliffhanger plot, Here's the mission, here's what you need to do. Things will go wrong, but it all works out in the end. Still, the execution is nice. The scenes on Dukat's Bird of Prey have a black humor to them. Once they get to the ceremony, Cisco makes an excellent Klingon. No surprise, you just have to let the inner Avery Brooks crazy out. <laughs> the tension works throughout, especially the use of Martok. In the end, it's a nice bit of misdirection that actually works back with previous continuity. If you watch The Way of the Warrior again, Martok is aggressively pushing Garon to fight the Federation, dismissing Deep Space Nine's defenses, and then incredulously outraged later when Garon called a truce. Hmm. Also, again, shapeshifters try to kill Odo, but end up getting killed. Something tells me he's not going to get a warm reception in the next Changeling family reunion. Uh, let's see. Making Martok the changeling just makes a lot more sense. It would be easier to take out a trusted aide of the president and then feed him bad advice than it would to be go after the principal, who is guarded and observed around the clock. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. May as well I mean, be the at original. At first, I would think that's true. Like, yeah. to get entry. But at some point, I would think you would just go ahead and pull the trigger on the main dude when you had an option. Yeah. Yeah, I would think that. <laughs> Are you questioning the validity of that plan? <laughs> oh, I'll never get sick of that. We, we, we need to get a drop of that. We'll need to get a drop of that. Okay. Um, listener Mark says, Apocalypse Rising, the founders almost got away manipulating their evil plan if it wasn't for Odo realizing the real plot the whole time. Cisco is a great Klingon, and Odo, after finally accepting the fact that he is a solid, got some honor, the Klingon way. so he doesn't have changeling honor he just has Klingon honor which is well changelings don't have any honor man yeah yeah but Klingon honor is so smelly (laughs) speaking of Odo is this the episode where he starts off like enjoying beer yeah, well, yeah. I yeah. mean, enjoying, oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know the if bubbles. that's the word but, I like, use, but it, yeah, the bubbles. bubbles. Yeah, yeah, when, 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 he, when he goes, like, like I used to find it ingest, ingestion to be gross, but now I think it's really cool. I, I you know, as a, just as a quick aside, there's something <laughs> that Next Gen would never do. I just felt this is a really, like, in two lines, just this great character moment for Odo, enjoying the bubbles and talking about eating. I just think it was it was cool. What would someone who has never eaten before think of it and then get used to it? I think it was kind of nice. If you didn't do a bowel movement until you were like fifty years old, that would be horrible. I imagine. <laughs> what yeah, is I this? feel like that would be really, really. What's bad happening? Then. What is happening? <laughs> but John, do you remember? 
It would remember? be so much worse if he was a woman, though. Like, if all of a sudden he just... Uh, yeah. The, yeah. Every month. Better. I'm just saying. Yeah. It would be Oh, traumatic. right, because of that. I thought you meant because, you know. I thought no, the... because if he had boobs, that would actually be pretty great. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. So for me, though, the really touching part was when Odo asked Cisco, um, what does a pear taste like? And Cisco says, don't you know what a pear tastes like? And then Odo says, but what does a pear taste like to you? And that was really touching for me. Yeah, definitely. They have good moments like that. Yeah, they didn't really say that. No, no. They do. No. No, no, they didn't. No. No, I mean, they have good moments, though. They have like, they moments like that. But, yeah. But, so, wait, they don't moments. say that? They that don't have that pair conversation? Moment. No, that was BS. That was, no, that was, they uh, should have the pair conversation. <laughs> no, they should. They should they have a nice pair conversation. No, that was from City of Angels, which was a really manly movie. Me and Doc. Oh, I remember that movie. I That's why it sounded somewhat familiar. I was like, I've totally heard that line, though. I want to know what that just come up with that? Yeah. I'm going to be really pretentious here and say watch Wings of Desire instead of City of Angels. What? What's Wings of Desire? What was that? City of Angels was what actually really good. What was that? Wings of Desire was the uh, Wim Wenders original. The what? Uh, City of Angels is kind of a remake of Wings of Desire. Oh really? Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, and How- it's pretentious boy. It's kind of it's much more bizarre and kind of cool and pretentious to like. But is it all romancy? No. <laughs> not, as, Nicholas- not as much as City of Angels. Watch that. And it yeah. doesn't have Nicolas Cage talking about pears. Oh. So. Doesn't have Nicolas Cage. Pear for so. hour, wasn't it? Does it have pears? Was that like the last good Meg Ryan movie? No. Yeah, I think it no, it been. was not. What was after that was any good? Or, well, in the ring. In the ring. Okay, fine. What? That oh, wasn't good. That no, no, good. no. In the cut. That's what that movie. Was oh, about. in the cut. Sorry. In the cut. Yes, no, <laughs> and that wasn't a good <laughs> movie. No. There, there was about forty-five seconds in that movie I kind of liked. I, but, you know, I but never not, saw. But it, not, so. as, but not as much as I would have liked earlier. But what you have to understand is that he just hates. So I don't really hate. I can't... just hate things that are bad. No, There's only one just... good Meg Ryan movie. I think we all know Joe what that the is. Volcano. Yes, thank you, Jr. <laughs> got mail. It's you actually Joe vs. the Volcano is the three best Meg Ryan movies. <laughs> I'm really confused. She, she plays, plays three roles times. in it. She plays well, that's right. Yeah. She does. She plays like somebody he works with, and then like hot blonde chick. And then Meg Ryan, like like talk about a career that does it. Like like Julia Roberts probably just sends her nasty notes to be mean. <laughs> what makes you think Julia Roberts would do that? She seems like such a nice woman. Oh yeah, yeah. New, new and improved Joker products. I'm sorry. You know who I was thinking? See, of? why do you have to hate on her? This is what I'm talking about. You and hate because it looks like she took Smilex. Dude, whatever. <laughs> You're just mad because she has a better smile than you. She certainly has more of a smile than me. Well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't think Julia Roberts seems like a nice person, but she probably is. She just looks mean. It's just it's her eyebrows. You know, w- she looks mean to you, really. Yeah, she looks like she might be a mean person. Interesting. But I don't know. I don't know her. I shouldn't have said that. I'm really sorry, Julia Can't Roberts. You said that. That's so rude. You're talking yeah. about someone whose entire acting career is centered around the idea of laughing and then acting like she's surprised that she's laughing. That's everything. <laughs> it's all she ever does. Oh, would you stop? Yes, that's she what does. she won, Aaron Brockovich. You're right. That's exactly all. The whole movie. That's what she, she did, did that with an accent. She like laughs, ha ha ha, and then makes a second face. You while are she's so laughing. full of it. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, I, my hard disk is still going okay okay good <laughs> um okay, okay but getting back to star trek and yeah. and yeah. The poignant what's moments what's next what's next what's uh we, what's we next got one is... more email one more email email 
<laughs> JR hates emails. This is from Justin. He's uh, the officiator of our Facebook group. So the other and he's the, he's the Justin say, you guys know. Yeah. I, I'm the other. Ju- I'm actually the other Justin. Oh, you're he's the, the real. Justin. No, if you listen to their podcast, he like comments a lot. He's like a big. He's a. Oh, he's big the deal. Justin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and he listens to you guys. He's a fan of you guys. So. Oh, cool. Hi, Justin. Hi, Justin. Comment on our <laughs> Facebook page, and if we get if we get more likes, we get six more likes. I will post pictures of me as a Romulan. I don't know why you don't just do that anyway. Because I'm trying to provide an incentive. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike. Okay. Uh, What? Apocalypse. Okay, just kidding. Okay, no, just kidding. You can't unlike on Facebook. We all know that. Although I've I've been demanding an unlike button. Do you know what my favorite thing to do on Facebook is? Is like whenever someone posts something like sad, like, oh, I just found out I have cancer today. Like, like, like. <laughs> oh my god, are you serious? I, I never do it, but I just think it's funny that I could do it. There are it. people that do, you know, every once in a while I'll see like a post where like somebody will say something really depressing and like it'll have a couple of likes and I'll always yeah. be like, what? And then one time I actually saw that happen and then like the person who posted it, like their status update was like, what do you mean like? You like that my day was was crappy or whatever? Like, it's like. Wow, I guess I've, it was really bad, huh? I've just this is why writing, there should be an unlike button. It's, I, I just started writing like hugs. Like I don't know what I, like I've, I've started to write a post where like, hey, I feel really bad, and I hope that everything. And I just feel like nothing I write is good, so I just write hugs, and that's the best I can do. I'm but really, start, I feel a little girly when I say it. I need an unlike as well. I'm gonna start writing pairs. Pairs. <laughs> pairs. Ooh, ooh, pairs. let's do that. We'll start a whole thing. <laughs> what does a pair taste like to you? Say that to everybody's comment. (laughs) What does a pear taste like to you? So anyway, Justin has this great Justin says, okay, (laughs) Apocalypse Rising. Just a quick note about your season four wrap-up. Oh, I haven't read this yet. When you reviewed Way of the Warriors, you said it was the best Deep Space Nine episode up to that point. Oh, yeah, JR, I meant to ask you about this. Did we? Yeah. Well, no, no. Okay, he's getting there. And it didn't make your top five. You said it. You said it it was like your best... Deep Space Nine episode up to that point, and you said it was better than most movies. Way of the Warrior? Way of the Warrior, parts one of two. One and two, yeah. Well, that just must be a testament to how good season four was, because Way of the Warrior started it off, didn't it start off season four? That's true. Yeah. Okay, um, <laughs> Justin's next sentence is, hopefully that means season four was indeed a major step up for the series. <laughs> uh, season five might be the epitome of Star Trek greatness, however. Anyway, All right, so you you guys in the chat room and you guys who uh, who email Jar and John, um, if you think don't tell them what it is, but if you think that they are going to flip out in any way for the last two seconds of season five, just let them know that they'll love it or that they won't, because the last two seconds of season five are astounding, are astounding, and one of the coolest moments ever in Star Trek. Okay. I'm going to watch those two seconds right now. It, if it involves, can't do it. Don't do it. it. Don't I'm do it assuming, to yourself, man. Hoping Dax gives birth to a Klingon. Spoiler alert! (laughs) Um, I'm hoping maybe Kira will finally give birth, and it's a Klingon. (laughs) Oh, that was actually a moment that was kind of great in this episode. Was when Gul Dukat arrives and like he all makes a comment about the fact that she's pregnant, and he's all like, "I hope your man appreciates how lucky he is." Yada yada, and she's like, "Oh, it's not his," and he's like, "What?" It's Chief O'Brien's. And then she just like walks away with this smile on her face. And he's just like, huh? It's fantastic. It would have been great so if he just muttered to himself, Federation hippies. You know? <laughs> that would have been like still in, on with a love fest that they were doing in the 60s when the original series was on. Okay. <laughs> um, Apocalypse Rising. 
Okay, we're still on Justin's email here. Uh, so Miles and Odo are officially the worst Klingons ever. Too bad Terry Farrell is allergic to everything, including the sun and prosthetic glue, or they would have put her in the Klingon makeup. And Cisco gets so into it, I was thinking he wasn't going to let Bashir change him back. Oh, yeah. He said exactly what you said, Jaina. Um, yeah. And apparently the Hall of Warriors has a statue of Chang oh, in it. That's, that's right. right. Federation conspiring Chancellor killing Chang. I didn't see that. Like Chang oh. from Star Trek VI? Uh, I a... mean, I think it was one of the, the places they stuck a, a, a magical eight ball. Yeah. Like there was four yeah, different there were the statues. statues. I didn't get a good socket. look at those, yeah. <laughs> I thought they were no, Lenin or the something. No, it the arm. That's where they went. Yeah. Arm. So it's not Chang. It's Chang from Star Trek Six, and not um, Senior Chang from uh, Community. It, yeah, I think that's <laughs> it would have been great if it was Saint, Senior Chang. Okay. Oh my gosh! So I only saw one season of that, but he's my favorite character. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, moving on. Okay. Um, I think that's all of our emails. If I if I didn't put an email, sorry. I so, everyone knows how bad I am with the emails. So yeah, I, I we're gonna move on, and I really want to move on, but. It, why didn't he just press the stupid button that act to activate the magic eight balls, like when the gig was um, up? Right, because what I mean, was the reason yeah. to wait? Because he's got it, it like in his, his hand. Name, he had it in his hand. His name gets called, right? And then he's like, "Oh wait, I guess I better put it back." And it took him literally longer to stick it back in his little sleeve, all hidden away, than it would have taken him to just like activate that jump. Well, and I also love, I also love how there's no remote controls in the 24th century. It's like you can't take it on four corners of the room and just go beep. No, they have to be placed, and each one has to be pushed the button on its own. It would have been great if if they couldn't, if they weren't remote to each other. Like they actually had cables going between all four of them. <laughs> like I don't understand here in the 21st century that I can go like Xbox pause and rewind it with my Connect, but they can't do it with a remote control there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because when they did this show, it was how many years ago? It was not. I'm not yet. that old. Dude, Some people know. had wood panel TVs when this show was made. <laughs> Some people. It's true. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, anything else so, for this episode? It was a it was a good episode. It was good. Yeah. It was really good. I liked it. Yeah. So okay. the next episode is the ship, and I think Justin, you're up. Um. Yeah. The ship. Uh. Was about a ship. Give me. Give me a. Start me off. <laughs> okay. I told you we shouldn't have given them any any leeway at all, Jr. No, no. We, we thought that they could handle the responsibility. No, I can handle it. Just start me off, and then I'll tell you. Okay, so okay. they find this ship. Go. No. So <laughs> they're in the Gamma Quadrant. They go to a planet. I can't remember why. Oh, yes. They're okay. There. So they're so they're 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 uh, there's a they're cleavage on a Vorta quadrant. there. Really yes, odd they're, Vorta. They're on a Gamma Quadrant planet planet and a Jem'Hadar ship crashes and realizing that this is going to be an incredible, an, an incredible intelligence coup for the Federation, they decide to claim the ship under salvage rights. Well, what happens is while they're on there, another Jem'Hadar ship with a Vorta starts circling and destroys the runabout that's supposed to be there to rescue them and basically faces off against them while they are on the ship. They, they barricade themselves inside the ship while the Vorta and the Jem'Hadar start shelling the ship. And it turns out by the end of the episode that the precious cargo that they were actually after was a dying changeling that they were just looking to save. And at the end, they make this realization about one another that, gosh, if we had just listened to one another, then we could have avoided the death of this changeling and the death of this Federation officer on the ship. And it ends up being that maybe if they could have listened, then everything would have been okay. <laughs> so Boy, like, once you get started, so, you really you really finish strong there. No, so, I listened. <laughs> so the moral of the story is we should trust our enemies, right? 
That's wrong. True. <laughs> Wait so, a second. Hold yeah. on. But Wait, no, this like, episode has like a fundamental problem that John and I kind of harp on a lot, and it's that so they're on this planet, and the ship crashes on the planet, and the planet's got to be, I guess it's only five kilometers large. Yeah. Because like the the ship crashed literally within walking distance of where they were on the planet. Of course. Yeah. Anyway. So so here's here's all right. So at the end of the episode, they all make their 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 differences, you know, they they've made up and the Vorta and the Gemadar, they leave and they're, you know, tell if we could just collect a little piece here. Now the whole reason that the Gemadar didn't destroy the ship was because the dying changeling was on it. Mm-hmm. And so what I don't get is when the changeling died and they collected the remains, why didn't they just effing kill everybody there why do they let them to because it is an intelligence coup for the for the federation why in the world did the dominion not just blow them up when the time came i don't get it and while i really 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 like the episode there's a better episode like this coming um uh where they don't have the same problems i like this episode but i just felt like at the end i had a, a logic problem with the end, why why the Dominion let them live at the end? Because there's no real reason why they should have. Right. I, I think they they don't they kind of do something like um, okay because they're kind of they're almost in panic mode because there's the the founder on board and so when they're in pan- like when Vorta seriously says okay um, this is important enough that I actually give my honor and my word that you won't be hurt that it's actually kept. Because it's so important because there's the founder on board. Like, their word actually means something in this case because it is a matter of life and death to them. If it's a matter of life and death to a Vora or a Jem'Hadar, you know, whatever. They're up to their old tricks. But this is a big deal. Well, I don't want to paint the wrong picture. I liked this episode. I really enjoyed the watching of this episode. Throughout the episode, I was engaged. I was emotionally invested. But at the end... I I had this major problem with I felt like they wrote themselves into a corner and they couldn't find a way out so they gave us some some hokey reason but I feel like they ultimately it doesn't work out logically for me I just had a real problem I felt like the epi- the episode bails on on what really should have happened at the end and they could have just had the the defiant show up at the end and go you're going to leave now or there be some other reason why I just felt like there was not really yeah. a good reason why they were allowed to live and like shift, and yeah. Well, it's um, kind of – for, for the sake you, of the moral, right? Sure, um, They yeah. kind of have to and, – and I agree with you. Yeah, you're right because the Dominion, they wouldn't do that. The Vorta wouldn't do that. The Jem'Hadar wouldn't do any of that. They'd kill – you, know, you know, for, for fun. But the, the kind of um, universal idea that, okay, maybe the people were fighting – maybe they maybe they have integrity just like we do and and we don't know who the bad guy is any in any one like major conflict cuz no one actually thinks they're the bad guy and of course if someone says if you're fighting someone they say oh I'll do this um then of course you're not going to trust them um and so and, and yeah and if it doesn't work out that you could have trusted them like then, then it destroys the whole basis. And and yeah. and with the with the foreknowledge that we have of where the show is going to go, you know, it, and and even where we've shown so far, you know, it just doesn't fly. It just doesn't. Right. It, it should have really well. been, been a different aliens, it. right? It should have been aliens who actually could be considered not evil and not bad and not, you know. 
or, that's the thing. I don't think the Vorta are like evil or bad. Or even a they're single... just they're they're they they were created to believe and they believe that those mm -hmm. are their gods. Like and you have to imagine so, that you would so behave then, a certain so then, way. With so then here's the scene you need, right? You know, aren't you going to destroy the ship? No, I can't destroy the ship because the remains of the founder is on it. So you're just going to let us live? I guess I have no choice. Okay. You know, and then that would do it. But there was no explanation. I felt like there was no real explanation as to why they let them live. But I mean, I'm picking nits, and I am hating a little bit on this one fact because because the fact is, I really like the watching of this episode was was in, enjoyable and engaging and interesting. And and I I'm I'm really glad I watched it. I'm really glad you guys gave us the opportunity to rewatch that episode because it's great. But there's this problem. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, that is uh, this. The ship is the 100th episode of Deep Space Nine. Hey! Oh, oh cool! Nice. We guessed it on that one too. <laughs> Not really. Um, so, okay. Do you do you want to know my favorite part of the episode, though? Yes. So uh, bad. It, it, it was the. Uh... <laughs> Wait, what? What did you say? I want to know really bad. <laughs> okay. Fine. Are you questioning the validity of his favorite part? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was the. Uh, it was the relationship. It was it was the television relationship between um, uh, what's his name, Yunez and uh, O'Brien. Uh, yeah. You know where it was pretty much like I wanted him to say I I wanted him to say stuff like, "Don't you die on me, man! Don't you die on me! <laughs> He's not gonna die! Not on my watch! Not on my watch!" Wait, he said that stuff. No, didn't didn't they build Munez over the last couple episodes? Though didn't he show up like at the end of season four a little bit? We saw him a little bit, didn't we? Really, I didn't I know get, that. I got I get the feeling that we saw him a couple of times before this episode. Yeah, no, I think we did. I think he was more than just random dude. Like he was like a step above random dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I don't recognize him. Um, he was less random. He's not dude. quite Barkley, but he's like a little slightly more yeah, than no, Robin Leffler. Definitely not. <laughs> Robin Leffler. Uh, yeah, maybe so. <laughs> maybe he was like that chick. Um, oh, I don't even remember her name now, but she was like for a few episodes on. Next gen, she was like Jordy's like new... yeah, Robin Leffler. Oh, was that who that was? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's Ashley Judd. Yes. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, Leffler's not. No, that's is not Leffler? what I'm talking about. Yeah, Robin's Laws of I know who. Ra I know who Law Ashley number Judd one, is. Take off not, my clothes. But that is not who I'm talking about. What? That was so not her. This was other chick. She was. Oh, um, the one, dark yeah, hair. dark, yeah, curly dark hair. The one who like spilled coffee on. Yes, yes, yes. Right for on the Borg episode, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. We made yeah. a little mini movie of her. Um, Did you? Oh wow. Well, well, it's tight. I'll, I'll have to. I'll send you the link. It's like forever ago. Um, one of our listeners said uh, because there's this the scene where is the hot chocolate one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. She goes hot chocolate, please, and then Jordy walks in, and one of our listeners says, <laughs> "We need to make a like." A fan movie where someone like dubs in. Did somebody say hot chocolate right when Jordy walks into the? <laughs> and so we did a little thing of that. We did a little thing of that. So well, so so you know how I listen to your to your episodes. So I'll like like when I was just a, a, a so I listen to a lot of podcasts because like I said I'm up very very late. Mm -hmm. Um and uh and when I run out of like new episodes of you guys to listen to, I'll go back to your archives on your page and just just sort okay. of randomly select old ones. But I haven't I haven't heard that one. Okay, I went yeah, through all the movie that, ones, though. It's the probably... Movie ones, listeners, 
if you haven't listened to the movie ones, guys who are in the chat room and you just listen to the DS9 ones, their movie reviews are really kind of very good. So, like, listen to those. Go back and listen to those. And just skip past when they talk about the personal stuff and just get to the movie part. Oh, uh, JR, take your finger off the drop Justin from Skype button now. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, so, okay. There's a, there's a final conversation right in this episode, right? Uh-huh. Where they talk about, because, you know, they lost five crew members. Mm-hmm. And Cisco says, yeah, I'd, if I knew that we were going to lose five crew members, I'd still do it. But, uh, man, losing people sucks, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, I My- think this starts to explore a gray. Uh, and one thing one thing you'll like about the next couple of seasons about, of DS9 is is there's a gray area. This is a war show. I mean, yeah. like, this is a show about war. And the gray area of war within the perfect like future of the next of, of next gen that's what ds9 is is the next gen's perfect future with the grayness of war well you see a hint of it in the in the yeah. one prior yeah when they're when they're um when they're still in the defiant cloaked and they come across uh i, I think a damaged or dying cardassian ship and they're like there could be survivors and like there's only the only way to know is to actually turn off the cloak and use our sensors and I like we can't do that. Yeah, the gray, the grayness of war is is what this show becomes about, and so I think that that's that's what we're seeing a lot of from Cisco here, especially at the end, where he's like, you know, death is awful, but it's what we got to deal with. And there's a lot about death in the in the next couple of seasons. Oh, so yeah. Goody. Speaking of that, so like at the at the end of this episode is and. It it, it kind of started out. Uh, I don't know if it even started out hokey, but so this actually was really really touching to me, right? Yeah. So O'Brien lost Nunez, and O'Brien and Worf are bickering the whole episode. But Worf comes in and sits with him while he's kind of mourning over the body, right? And he talks to him about how, hey, you're doing a Klingon uh, ritual. I can't remember what the ritual's called. But it's like we we watch over the dead body while it goes on its way to Sovacor, whatever. And so I actually found that really touching. Yeah, that's true. I did yeah. like how it ended, like with Worf and O'Brien together. Well, I Although like that they do that, like the Worf O'Brien thing, since they kind of like Hate are old other. buds or whatever. Uh-huh. Well, it's ship. funny because they're old buds, but they're always fighting on Deep Space Nine. It seems to like, be to fair, me. Worf is fighting with everybody all the time. That's yeah. <laughs> now, um, I would have liked to have seen Worf done the um, yell to the ceiling when. Muna's Muna's yeah. warrior body was like as a warning to the. Uh, what is it? As a warning to the afterlife demons that a that a warrior is coming to kill them all. Yeah, they uh, kind of that, that. Yeah, yeah. they never do that. Do they? <laughs> uh, they did it in that one episode time. in the first season of, of Next Gen, them, but yeah, I mean, they never do that. Like it, when... there, it happens maybe one more time in the show that you might see, but not much. Because there's just something powerful about a Klingon just yeah. you know screaming mm-hmm. like that. Melting it out. Now, um, my favorite line. Because it was an incomplete line, maybe they maybe they cut what happened. But there was a point where um, where Cisco said, "Stop, you're Starfleet officers," and I was waiting for him to say, "Well, except for you, Chief O'Brien, you're not a Starfleet officer." But the the situation <laughs> is still the same. Yeah, well, I mean, it's yeah. He's the only enlisted person in Starfleet. In yep, Starfleet, as, yeah. As, as as of like the fifth season of Next Gen, he is the only enlisted person in Starfleet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so viewer mail, viewer mail, viewer mail, viewer mail, viewer mail, viewer mail, viewer mail. Is that your theme song now? Yeah. <laughs> it's my uh, it's my stalling while my uh, <laughs> Gmail takes forever. Okay, nor to the. Mail. I think it's a cute little song. You should oh, put it out. Thanks. 
So, um, if you check your chat, you guys, I sent you the link to our hot chocolate. Oh, you found it. Good. Oh, cool. Yeah. I see. <laughs> hot chocolate. But we did a, a short version and a long version. The short version is like 10 seconds. The long version is like 30 seconds, I think. Um, hey, okay. while we're stalling, you should go to the Trek Off podcast at trekoffpodcast.com <laughs> or search EPN for Trek Off. That's EPN on iTunes. Okay, go on. Yes. There we go. Uh, let's see here. Okay, the ship. This is the true story. True story of five officers picked to live in a Jem'Hadar ship. This is David, by the way. And have their lives taped. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. Seriously, this is a pretty dark episode. <laughs> um, the real world DS9. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> We very slowly watch a soldier die a very painful death. We watch the crew react to the stress near the constant bombardment of very confined space as tensions fray and everyone starts to crack. It's interesting, too, because they're not cracking due to some telepathy or mystery device. Voyager pulled that one out of their ass to raise tension a few times. But it's a natural outgrowth of the conditions they're in. These guys aren't Supermen, they're real characters, and it shows. The result is a very interesting show for a lot of our characters. We really see Sisko, the commander, on the front lines, dealing with events, facing up to his decisions, and taking control of his subordinates. Given how Picard was sidelined from these missions by away teams, it's kind of a throwback to Kirk and Sisko's plot. It's a very Kirk-like one. It's fascinating to watch him uh, put his subordinates in their place, but also see him tending to Muniz. Uh, when he orders them to stay alive, it makes your heart ache. Um, yeah, I guess it kind of does, but I, I was just thinking the whole time of, of course, that speech in, uh, uh, Last of the Mohicans, of course, <laughs> um, when Daniel Day-Lewis is just yelling, stay alive! Um, yeah, he, he, he offers her a pair. <laughs> I will find you! <laughs> um, Yunus is really emotional core this episode. And the episode does well by him. We've seen him around before, back in Season 4, Starship Down and Hard Time. Okay, well... Told ya! You're right, you're right. Uh, so it feels like we know him, and more importantly, it feels like the crew knows him. The fact that oh. uh, it's been a season makes it feel like he's been around even longer. Oh, maybe so. Um, so yeah? Is, is it just me, but so like he's dying, right? And he's got mm-hmm. whatever injury... And I, there just doesn't seem to be an attempt to make him more comfortable. He just kind of is, is <laughs> leaning in a really uncomfortable position for a couple days. Surely that was Worf's orders. <laughs> He's dying. He he uh, like he deserves man, yeah. an honorable, uncomfortable death. Yeah, I mean, man they, up, like, man. They, like, man find up. a flat surface for the guy to lie on. I just I thought, oh, anyway, I'm done. I'm yeah. done now. Um, <laughs> By comparison, countless times they expect us to feel this way about someone we know for barely half an episode, but have supposedly been best buddies with the main cast just a bit off-screen. Voyager does that trick a lot, too. His death is brutal, and when he finally passes away, you really feel the loss. Also interesting is the way his wounding splits Worf and O'Brien. These two have a history going back to TNG. Both are old soldiers, and it's interesting to place them in opposition to each other. I was just going to say, as a moral question... As a moral question, that is one that I really enjoyed. Was was if somebody is about to, so my other my other life that's not in entertainment is in healthcare, mm-hmm. and there's a real a, a great moral question that's raised there is is if someone is about to die, they've got hours to live. Do you tell them that they're about to die so that they can prepare for death, or do you or do you let them continue to think that they're going to live so they don't have to emotionally deal with the fact that they're going to die? Go. I'd like to know, and uh, and I think that um, Scrubs has taught me that uh, that 
funny doctors also eventually come around and tell the people the truth. Yeah, I so I just felt like the the difference in philosophy between the two is interesting. Yeah, it seems like it's more ethical to tell them that they would die. But no, Justin, is there like a is there a rule? Is that official, or is it still under debate in the healthcare community? Um, well, the the official rule is that you that that if you have a patient that is alert and oriented, that you are supposed to share with them everything about their condition that they want to know. But it becomes it becomes fuzzier if you you know often when people are near death, and I see a bunch of people who are near death, they tend to be kind of out of it, like they're not they're not you know the the slightest chemical imbalance makes the brain go go a little loopy, and so you don't want to go to someone who's kind of out of it anyway and try trying like. You know, give them a little slap on the face and go, hey, listen, 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 you're going to die soon. You know, you, I mean, that's not something you want to do. <laughs> it gen- generally becomes more about comfort and, and when possible, you leave it up to the family. And as in, in my role in healthcare, I, I have rarely gone and been the one to tell someone that that was going to happen when they weren't, like when they were within hours of death. Hmm. Suddenly, so, I don't envy you again. Yeah, well, but it's, it's a weird and complicated world. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, continuing on. Um, the end of the episode with Cisco mourning his losses and O'Brien and Worf uh, watching over Muniz is sweet and well-earned. It's a healthy realization that combat is not all about a few mindless extras biting it before the opening credits. Dealing with those facts and showing these characters interacting through their stress, grief, and struggle makes the ship pretty potent stuff. So thank you, David, as usual. Uh, Mark says... Uh, the ship. I didn't have any idea that the Jem'Hadar were up to in this one. The Changeling probably wouldn't have died if he joined up with the Great Link. If the two enemies would have just trusted each other and they both could end up with what they wanted. Yep. Come on, telling it like it is, Mark. Um, he's the one who said episode 100, so thanks for that. One thing I questioned, and I guess this is easily explainable, but it just seemed like that Changeling could very easily just sneak off the ship. But I guess it could be explained away that he's dying and he was stuck on the ship somehow. There's life support on the ship, maybe? I don't know. That doesn't seem right. The, the one thing that we do learn for sure in this episode is that the female Vorts are really hot. Oh, totally. So, anyway. <laughs> like, Pharrell's, she is so hot, it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> her ears, love them. They totally work for her. Okay, Not so the one thing I like about her is she keeps changing her tactic with him. Like, oh, yeah. Like, she's like, I'm innocent. I don't know what I'm doing. No, I'm ferocious. No, like, she keeps changing what her tactic is with him. I think the actress deserves a little credit for like, yeah. what, how she did that. I, I, I do like that. And I think it kind of goes back to, um, it's like, the Dominion, they have a contingency plan for every everything, mostly because most of the Dominion is expendable, except, you know, when a founder's involved that's when things get dicey and that's when things like that's when they're like okay we're gonna have to try a bunch of stuff because we don't have a ship full of people that we could just ram in willy-nilly you know well how much do you know about the vorta right now we don't the, know anything about them we, really we okay. know the we know the women are really hot yeah okay yeah um as you yeah it's i i really want to talk to you guys at the end of the next season too so because i want to see what you think about what you've learned but go on okay okay cool uh let's see justin says the ship. So there are, quote, things Cisco believes in. 
This is a far difference from Picard's, you ignorant people and your little beliefs about God, you are so wrong. Once again, our crew is violating the Gamma Quadrant in defiance of the Dominion's <laughs> ultimatum. They claim they are far from Dominion space, but the Dominion obviously doesn't care, and they came in a runabout. Uh, Worf, Dax, O'Brien, Yunus, Hoya, Talor, Rooney, and Bertram. That's eight people in an oversized runabout. That's really stupid. Either take the Defiant <laughs> or don't go to the Gamma Quadrant. <laughs> JR, you, you sent me a text while you were watching these episodes. You, your text said, why on earth don't they make another Defiant? It seems like a really good idea. Why do they only have one Defiant? <laughs> because it's, it's the only one of its kind. It's the only yeah. one with the ablative Actual. armor. The ablative. See, wait, no, it's the only one with, with, the, with, the, with the cloaking device uh. and the ablative armor. See, what uh, it reminded me of is, is when I lived in Hawaii, I had to get myself a new car. And um, we became a two-car family. Hooray. But um, I decided <laughs> to get myself a stick shift. And my, part of my reasoning, which was really stupid, was that way my wife can't drive it, which is oh. kind of backward thinking, right? But, but like, so it would be only my car. And do you know how often it would have been really convenient for my wife to be able to drive my car? And so it's, this, it's you know, th- there, there needs to be at least two defines. <laughs> so, in conclusion, yeah. there needs to be two defines. <laughs> like you couldn't take a half hour and teach her how to drive stick. You know, no, really? Come we, on, dude. <laughs> we tried a couple times and with mixed results. And Anyway. You couldn't buy a new clutch for your car after you taught her to drive stick. Oh. So we uh, this this has nothing to do with Star Trek or anything, but we had some friends visit who decided to save money on renting a car, and they <laughs> borrowed mine. And he knew how to drive a stick, but his wife didn't. But his wife thought she'd give it a try, and in fifty <laughs> yards, she destroyed my clutch. Oh my god! Oh, really? Wow. I thought so, that was like one of those things you hear people say, but like wasn't really true. Oh, I didn't realize you could actually do that. Oh, it happened. And so instead of paying two hundred bucks for a rental car, they paid seventeen hundred bucks to replace my clutch. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I tried. I I never got the hang of it, man. I had. Uh, uh, you can't trust it. Uh, no, I, I so a very a very very good friend of mine in high school who uh, who actually taught me in the parking lot of an LDS church. Uh, uh, <laughs> nice. Um, that's that's but, where we uh, all learned how to ride a bike. <laughs> well, one of my groomsmen actually happened to be LDS, and he 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 was teaching me on his old truck. And and after about two minutes, he was like, "Okay, you're going to drive automatic." <laughs> and that was about as far as it went. Wow. Yeah, it's just something I could That's never sad. and will never get. Yep, I th- can't do it. I think we just answered why there's only one defiant, and it's because Worf's the only one who knows how to drive stick. <laughs> <laughs> yup. <laughs> No, in okay. our podcast, saying the words wharf drive stick would go a completely different direction. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll note that. <laughs> Check out Every, every, everybody go nuts right now. Okay, wharf drive and stick. Go nuts. <laughs> see see where you can go with that. In your minds. Um, Must be quiet. Must be quiet. <laughs> Actually, several times during this conversation, he has, like, literally sat in the corner with, like, his hands over his mouth to stop himself <laughs> saying terrible, terrible things. Ah, uh, give me go, Romulan ale. Go on. Yeah, do um. We'll we'll have to hear a get a transcript of all the dirty stuff you got going on. Um, we won't share it on air though. Um, so when the founder died, this is Justin talking. Uh, the Jem'Hadar killed themselves. Does that mean if Garrick had succeeded in Broken Link and wiped out the Great Link, all of the Jem'Hadar would have killed themselves for failing to protect their gods? And another why thing, why did we get to see that? Yeah. 
It would have been nice to see. Maybe they can do that in a mirror episode. That would be cool. Because we don't see the Dominion in the mirror episode. That'd be kind of nice to destroy the Dominion in the mirror episode in just one episode. The way they could go to the mirror episode and like try it as a test case, right? You know, <laughs> if, if we destroyed their planet, would it really take care of all the Dominion Jim Hadar? And if it doesn't work, then leave the mirror universe and and you know, you know, sucks to be them. But then they come back should to- use the mirror universe to experiment on stuff. That's on what all they sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's so convenient for them to kind of go there and not yeah. come, and, you know come back. Yeah, at this point, they ought to. Yeah, I think you know, it's, yeah. this is somewhere they never go on the show. So spoiler spoiler alert about what they never do, okay. but. What it like like wouldn't it have been interesting like around season seven to go to the mirror universe and see that our that our universe's Jem'Hadar and Dominion have gone there and taken it over because mm. they felt that it also was a threat and and to see just how horrible our Dominion and our 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 universe could be and and what happens if they win but it's not something that we ever get to see on the other side. <laughs> I, I you know what I bet you ten bucks that someone wrote a novel about the mirror universe where the dominion was taken over by the, I would read it. I would yeah. read it. Now, John, you and I on the last podcast, did we both decide that Garrick should have destroyed the dominion planet? I think we kind of did. We, we both said, well, it's, it's worth it. It's, I mean, mathematically speaking, it's worth a shot. Yeah. All right. So is that, are we, are we done with the mail? Uh, two more sentences. And another thing, with a Jem'Hadar dead, Cisco's got a Vorta at phaser point. Wouldn't it be a lot easier to say, you know, what you've got is a perfectly functioning ship in orbit. We're going to take it. You can have the crashed one. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, let's see. Our next episode, um, JRF, your it's, it's organization is correct, romp. right? Yes. It's a gleeful romp called... Uh, is it is it a uh, looking for Parma in all the wrong places? Yes. Yeah. yes. Yes. And Alexia, it's yours. Ooh, woot! Because it's totally the um, the relationship <laughs> episode. Was that someone's phone that went off? Uh, that was my text. Yeah, I'm sorry. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, that was the only reason I jailbroke my phone because you can't pick your own text tones. And my friend was like, "You can if you jailbreak it." I was like, "What?" <laughs> so like I don't even know how to do that and he like did it for me and I was like listen I don't care about all this other stuff all I need is the boatswain whistle to be my text message noise nice. Make that that's good that's a good one yeah so it's kind of the greatest thing ever mm. um, but this episode um, is so delightful because you have essentially what did you call it the uh, Cyrano de Bergerac or yep. the episode yeah, where you've got it's Roxanne yeah, yeah, yeah it's Roxanne yeah. it's Cyrano de Bergerac it's, it's Worf Helping Quark get a good Klingon woman with Robocaller, <laughs> and 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 but then of course because they've got that going on, which is all like fun and games. You have to have uh, a little bit of tension with O'Brien and Kira, maybe getting just a scotch too close, which was also fun and uncomfortable. Anyway. I mean, it was, but like I don't know, fun is the word I would use. I guess engaging. It's yeah, engaging. it was engaging, and you know what's weird is I felt I felt really weird about it because like on the one hand. I kind of love that O'Brien and Keiko are, you know, married couple with kids and that I know them already from next gen and they were sort of this thing you could count on. And so when things got all like weird and Kira was like carrying their baby now and stuff Mm. like that was just sort of a weird twist. And I was like, huh, okay. And like, I thought they would never go here. Like I legitimately believed that they were so solid. I was like, 
there I mean, and there was intimations in, in previous episodes where things would just be, you know, kind of cutesy, whatever. And I was I'll like, bet you looked. And I was like, they're never going <laughs> to they're never going to do that. And then they they do almost. And I was like, oh, yeah, hey, and- Jr. and John, who do you hate more, Kira or Keiko? Go. Keiko. Oh! How do I answer? Um, probably Keiko. Um, so, but so no, you scene, love right? Kira now. You you had problems with Kira before, but you love her now. She's improving. She's improving. So, but there, there's a scene right where like O'Brien like they're supposed to go to that planet together, and, and O'Brien's about to leave, but he likes makes a remark that we could have had fun, and it, it's almost like he's like closing his eyes and leaning in for the kiss. You know, <laughs> I mean, at that at that point, O'Brien definitely would have gotten he he would have engaged right so yeah and Kira had to shoo him away well I'm happy to say that I've never had to get to that point with my with my wife but there was a there have been friends who are too close with relationships prior to my wife that 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 you have that moment with the friend where like you know in another world maybe but no and I I I I am surprised that Star Trek was willing to go there and I feel like they they handled it in a mature and realistic way yeah. My favorite part of it was um, Keiko pushing them together, practically. Because uh, oh, right? I, I was wait, I was waiting for her to say, "It's like ah, Miles, she's got tension. She's carrying our child. Give her one of your famous back rubs, Miles. Rubber thighs. She needs it, Miles." <laughs> Miles, Miles, she's, she's stressed out. You need to have sex with her. She's know, carrying our child. Miles, obviously she hasn't had sex in a long time and it's causing her distress. She's yeah. carrying our baby. Go take care of that. See, and I yeah. thought that maybe Keiko was just pushing him away by being shrewish and, and pass-aggressively abu- abusive. So, because that's Keiko. Because she's, she's awful. She's awful. She really? is. I hate Keiko. Yeah. I want to come. And it's not the actress because I like. Oh, I love her. The, the actress, there are points where you can see that she's actually a good actress, but the character is shrewish, is the best way I can describe her. She is abusive almost to him. She is a bad person and she needs to be thrown out of an airlock. Go. <laughs> well, I know, agree. So I think. I think that the dynamic is really interesting. And I think, especially like the whole massage thing, right? So, because. What I thought of is when my wife and I were in California, we lived in Monterey for a couple of years, and um, my wife had a friend who was like in massage therapy school, and she had to get all these practice hours in, and so my wife just uh, invited her over, and my wife didn't want a massage, but so I got a couple of uh, free one-hour massages, and my wife was cool with it, and it never became like a, a, a an O'Brien-Kira uh, sort of deal, but there was, there was this one massage where my wife's just like sitting there. And the lady, I'm laying on my back, and she takes my foot to rub my foot. And I guess this was just the most comfortable way for her to do it. But to support my foot, she just slapped it down right on, right on one of her boobs. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> goodness. And, and I, I kind of looked over at my wife, and my wife's just smiling away like nothing's wrong. And the, the poor lady giving the massage said, wow, your leg's really tense right now. Just, just try to relax a little bit. And like, I, I can't, man. You're, you're trying to force me to, to foot grope you, and I can't do it. So, like, lady, I can't. My wife yeah. <laughs> is right here. You just stuck my foot right on your boob. It's awkward, okay? Yeah. A foot massage is a foot massage, man. It ain't the same ballpark. Would you give me a foot thing. massage? <laughs> <laughs> this is so true. Anyway, yeah, so, I hate uh, touching people. It's horrible. <laughs> um, I definitely okay. thought it was odd the way Keiko did that. Like, I, I like. I mean, I'm, admitted, I'm admittedly jealous, but, like, I still think I can't think of any woman that would, like, legitimately, like, say, go give her a massage. <laughs> like, I just can't envision that, like, realistically. Yeah. yeah. It, well, I yeah. mean, because realistically. Even, in, even among actors, because we, we're like. And, yeah, we're, we're touchy-feely types. We're a physical yeah. mind. But, like, yeah. I would never, ever, ever, ever 
like direct a leg massage for my man <laughs> to any other woman's part to be rubbed. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like the, it, uh, you don't have a problem with it if you hear about it, but you're not right. You're not but I'm gonna, not gonna like, go do that, babe. Yeah. Never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. See, I wonder. I wonder if this is if people She's you've awful. had. Um, uh, what's what's what are they called? What's it called? What what is this situation where someone else has your baby? Affairs? No, no, oh. not affairs. Oh. Surrogate mother. Surrogate oh, mother. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I like, what are you talking word. about? That doesn't happen in real life. <laughs> Sex with Bajorans? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bajorans. They have surrogate Bajoran mothers. I wonder if those people in real life. I wonder if because there's that connection, like kid wise, you know, there's right. that. It's like a bridge to that kind of intimacy sort of thing. I'm wondering if 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 people who've done that, if they can relate to this episode at all. Yeah, I wonder. That's an yeah, interesting question. Now, now, Jay, now, Jr., you have kids, right? Uh, a couple, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, so late pregnancy, there, you know, that, yeah. What do you do? You know, like, like I want to have the baby soon, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't want to get too graphic, but there's that aspect of it. Yeah, it's 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 a weird thing to have her living in your house. And, <laughs> you know, well, the, the doctors always told us the best way to get it out was. That's what I'm saying. Bit, right? That's what I'm saying. So, but it, it's a weird dynamic because it. So we, so we've had really. A, we've I didn't had, know. We've that. had a bunch of kids. So, but um, like it softens the, the cervix. Blah blah blah. Yeah. yeah. The, the further the further into the pregnancy the woman gets, like. The, the more difficult relations become, but also the more their desire for those relations become. And so, and does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah no, totally. it does. Because like hormonally, they're like yeah. changing stuff. And yeah. So like they they have different desires as those hormones. Well, and 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 it is and it is you know medically, it is physiologically a it can be a precursor to labor, and that is you know ultimately you know in the ninth month it's nothing about sensuality it's just about i want this thing out of me <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing sexy yeah. about it so that was actually pretty quick uh sum up of that episode unless you have more well, insights there's, and details there's, Alexia. there's the the roxanne part which is just yeah which hilarious is, it's, yeah. it's, it's really well done and and oh i mean this is i i don't i don't want to get something Worf and Dax seem to be forming a relationship yes. here, which is interesting. Well, I think we've seen that coming for a couple of episodes, right? We have. And I think, it, I think that you see more of it though in this episode. Well, I like, mean, at, at the end, at the end of this episode, they, they kiss, right? Well, they do more than that. They, they go to a hollow suite and, yes. and they yeah. put each other in the hospital. They put each other in the hospital. Yeah. And Dr. Bashir Which we all know episode, what that means. Dr. Yeah. Bashir at the end of this episode is hilarious. He's <laughs> just the greatest. I'm going to stop asking questions. <laughs> he's adorable though we love him anyway but I think that's what's interesting about Alexia has a full size stand up of uh, Dr. Bashir in her house <laughs> John do you still have that's pressure? not actually true I don't have pressure. I, I have Princess Leia. That's what I have. Uh, oh, you nice. had pressure. Was a one of one of you guys had crusher. Anyway, not Wesley. <laughs> well, I did. I did have Bashir though. I, I admit to that because he was my favorite. He's got great afraid. hair. All of a sudden, I think this ep- this season, he's, his hair's changed a little bit. Great hair. He's also a really good actor now. Yeah, he's a very good actor. It's really his eyes though. He's oh, got boy. that accent. There I'm we just go. Saying. His eyes. Whatever. You're just sad because yours don't look like his. His eyes. His eyes do a great job of communicating what a pear tastes like to him. I know. I have very I know. nice eyes. <laughs> Are you questioning the validity of my eyes? <laughs> so like, yes. I think it's funny though in this episode, just watching Quark of all people, 
like oh talk about an acting exercise the way that he led that like because you know clearly he's an actor pretending to be controlled he is armin shimmerman does just the greatest job in this episode and shows what a great comedic and theatrical actor he is i gotta give props to him yeah yeah i love the guy i loved him in buffy too oh yeah yeah. principal snyder yeah Yeah. he's awesome i think he's just i mean i think he's better as quark because he yeah he gets to do more obviously but He's just, yeah, he's comedically brilliant. And, and then he can have those beautiful moments, though, where he's actually caring. And, yeah. and you're like, oh, see, deep down, he actually cares. Aw. <laughs> My question. Worf's, w- the Worf slash Quark motion capture device that they use. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, to beat the other Klingon, to beat Grilka's bodyguard in battle. Um, it didn't appear that that had a screen on it. Um, so is Worf that good at a batleth <laughs> that he just, that he just like goes in blind? He's like, oh yeah, this will win. Well, no, Th- didn't it? I mean, we didn't see it, but like it has like little doopy things, right? Yeah, you get the sense that Worf you is seeing through You get the sense that he's seeing through the doopy doopy things. Does he have like yeah. the, exactly. does it have those things in front of him, like the game where they throw the discs into the tubes? Like, yeah. I think it's like that. Cause right when Dax like wants to start like, like like getting it on with him at the end she has to turn the thing off to get him to stop just, just, to see yeah guy. yeah uh, okay she's like i want to show you where my spot but i think go. they don't have the technology <laughs> to show us that so like we just have to know that's what's happening mm-hmm. they had the technology okay. to show me where those spots went okay <laughs> so so like is grilka grilka and quark are they are they together then um i don't want to sp- i mean i guess or did they get a well i mean i mean as far as because Okay, for is this Worf episode. the only real Klingon here? Because Worf is the only one who's like Klingon's mate for life. And he was the only one who's like saying to Dax, it's like, okay, well, we have to get married now because that's what Klingons yeah. do. But apparently well, Worf a, is the only one who does it the that The only way. Klingon that, yeah, yeah. That does well, that's it. That's what, it, I mean, that's what, so I guess that's what he, that's what he did back in Next Gen too, yeah. though. He was like, and he came across the same reaction from Kalar at the time. She was like, she was like, dude, you're not acting like a Klingon. You're acting like someone who's pretending, you're going absolute letter of the law with absolutely everything all the time and and Guinan like says that to him too in next gen where he he's like I am he is what he thinks Klingon should be yeah. and he doesn't seem to be very much like what Klingons are yeah I think he he's sort of like super uptight Klingon guy yeah he's he follows all the rules to the letter of the law because it's all he knows about being Klingon he doesn't get the spirit of it as much as he gets the rules mm-hmm. anal retentive Klingon guy oh. yeah wow. yep that's why he needs prune juice. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a beautiful I, I think story. He's the, I, gotta, I think he's the only good Klingon because I think Klingons have lost their way. I think they used to have a lot more honor, but now they're all talk. I got to share this with there. There was a there was a dude I was taking care of one day. Um, so like I'm a registered nurse, and and I was taking care of this dude, and he was just a, kind of not the nicest guy. He was just nobody. He didn't get along with anyone. He's kind of rude. He had a whole bunch of physiological problems. He was just nobody really liked taking care of him because he was mean. And he was there was a problem with constipation that he was having. And I walked in. And I was like, well, he was like, can I have medicine for that? And I was like, well, it's. Not to that point yet, but would you like to try some prune juice? And I, I don't know why it occurred to me to say, I said, you know, I watched this show and one of the characters, his name is Worf. He likes prune juice. And this guy who hadn't opened up to anybody for weeks goes, you like Star Trek? <laughs> and so I talked to this guy for like 15 minutes. I'm getting choked up talking about it. I talked to this guy for like 15 minutes about Star Trek. He lit up, man. Wow. He lit up. And, and clearly for weeks he had been in the hospital without – 
anybody talking to him about anything except his problems, about being a patient. He didn't have any family came visit him or anything. And just 15 minutes of talking to him like he was just another guy who happened to like Star Trek um, just changed his entire outlook. And it just it was one of the most beautiful moments that I've had. So I thought I'd share since we're talking oh, about Prudence. I like that story. I do think it's weird that a, such a big jerk is like also a Star Trek fan because call Star Trek fans what you will. Nerdy, dweeby, you know, antisocial, of course, but... I wouldn't call them jerks, you know. I guess maybe when you've just been treated like a patient for forever, you kind of forget how to be a person. So mm. maybe he just needed to be treated like a person for a little while. Yeah. Oh. Well, way to go, so, man. Anyway, moving on. Sorry, so another way that Star Trek just helped me a little bit here and there. There you go. Um, going back to uh, Dr. Bashir a little bit, this is kind of sidetracked. We, we do notice that this episode is directed by Andrew Robinson, um, who plays Garrick. Uh, and I'm like, oh wow, that's that's amazing. That's an interesting story. And so I I clicked on one on Memory Alpha to like, did he direct anything else? This was the only thing he directed. But apparently he wrote a um like a kind of a, a like a one act play of Garrick and Doctor Bashir doing something. And he and Alexander Siddig at conventions they perform this play together. <laughs> JR, we gotta go to convention with Andrew Robinson and Alexander Siddig because that would be awesome. That would be cool. Yeah. Okay. We, email. We so yeah, go ahead and just start reading the email. They'll come back. I'm sure they'll come back. Okay. That was a pretty long stretch where we didn't lose them. I know we were doing good. Um, looking for Parmok in all the wrong places. Quark's a fan of Edwin Starr. Who knew? Who's Edwin Starr? Dang it. I have no idea. Hi. Hi. Hey, welcome hey, that back. That was a that was a pretty long stretch of not losing you guys. Yeah. I know, right? I was like, what just happened? No! no more sad, I can't tell any more sad stories. Or else That's the, clearly the internet shuts down. The internet was like, really sad, and it the wanted a moment of The machines were like, not acceptable, no. don't understand this love emotion. We yeah. are for comedy and porn. <laughs> you were talking uh, about cheer when we lost you, though, and that makes me sad. What were you talking oh, about? Speaking cheer? of porn, uh, I'll, I'll recap really Pretty. quick. Um... Dr. Bashir and Garrick, they do like a one-act play that they perform at uh, conventions that apparently Garrick wrote. Really? And, and Garrick directed this episode. So, yeah, that's, that's why we were talking about that. Uh, oh I read God. it in Memory I Alpha. I totally want to so. see. I know. This. Yeah, us too. Yeah. Have you guys ever been to a convention? I have been to one convention, um, and it was actually um, before Deep Space Nine, so uh, there was no Bashir. Uh, I did get to hear um, da- Jonathan Frakes talk, though, oh, cool. and he was really funny, actually. And I he went, I went one, yeah. I went once as a fan, and then I've been to a few um, in the process of selling the movies. Um, I actually have a great picture of Garrett Wong from uh, from Voyager holding a copy of one of our movies, which is fun. That's cool, especially since he's my favorite person. G- on Voyager. And, and you know what, Garrett Wong, uh, the guy who plays Harry Kim on Voyager, where his his character on Voyager doesn't really go anywhere although they actually address it finally um, i remember you telling me about that and then like they actually had an episode that i watched where they discussed the fact well he brings up the fact that like i'm still an ensign really <laughs> and so but he was he was actually a really really cool guy so so props to him for being a cool guy but yeah i got that that those are fun yeah oh man i hate voyager okay anyway <laughs> oh um, god i know babe. it's so bad <laughs> Better than uh, Enterprise. I, no, it is not. Yes, no, it is, it is yes, not. Yes, it is. It just isn't. It is. You're just wrong. Except that it is. You know, we're, There we're are more pregnancies per capita <laughs> in Voyager than 
than all the other Star Trek episodes combined. <laughs> yeah, but there's more know. stuff to watch in Voyager as opposed no. to Enterprise, which is dull. That's and... not even All true. right, all right, all Sorry. right. Sorry. They're both horrible. <laughs> um, well, you guys should, you guys should That's know, true. We're doing Voyager. We're we're going to do the the first episode, the last episode, and then the two worst and two best episodes. And we're, we're going to call it a day for Voyager. Yeah. The fight is the worst. I just rewatched the fight. It's the worst one. Go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll watch that one. Um, Justin says, looking for Parmok in all the wrong places. Quark's a fan of Edwin Starr. Who knew? Oh yeah. I I just who's Edwin Starr? Your mom's like Edwin Starr. I don't know. <laughs> your mom. <laughs> your oh, okay. face. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, Shoot. Who is it? I don't know. Someone Google it while I'm reading. Ah, seriously? Oh, for heaven's sakes. Okay, let's see. Uh, Worf and Dax finally get together. This will be a major change in Dax's character, and this is where I started to like her. How like a girl to only be liked because she has a cool boyfriend. (laughs) Uh, So Worf and Dax are sitting in the mess hall on the Defiant, and Quark shows up. Uh, oh. What happened to the handprint scanning station at the and the armed guards outside the most powerful and awesome ship in the quadrant? Perhaps they have red velvet ropes keeping people out of the torpedo bays and made in engineering. Huh. That's John, a good point. Edwin Starr wrote the song War. What is it good for? Oh. oh which was referenced by Quark. If you asked me, absolutely nothing. Yeah. If you asked me, yeah. absolutely nothing. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, okay. Of course. Edwin Starr. And let's see here. Do, do, do. Okay, Mark says, uh, looking for Parmok in all the wrong places, I vote for Grilka for hot chick budget for the set of episodes. Uh, I don't know if we'll agree. I don't know if we'll agree. Uh, it's she great to see Quark hot. fight to get the girl. The moral of the story is everyone ends up with who they are supposed to. Grilka and Quark, Worf and Jedzia, and Miles and Kira avoid the awkwardness by Kira running away to Shakar. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> uh, on a side note... I like that the writers came up with the pregnancy plot so that there would be no stupid camera tricks to hide Nana Visitor's pregnancy. Oh, uh, is that it's always really, annoying. That was a good oh, yeah. That is why, yeah. I, did, I, I thought that was a clever way to work in the fact that she was actually I was pregnant. wondering yeah, was about it. Is Bashir's baby? Is this, yeah. this is the one I she has? I think this is when she was having Bashir's baby. Yeah. Yeah. She's having Bashir's baby. They should have written that in because then they could have shown the baby and they could have shown that it was Bashir's baby. I know, and, and it would have been cool, right? Yeah. And there's actually, I was just they thinking. They could have shown the birth. Wow. <laughs> anyway, there was there was an episode where they're like um, joking with each other, and I thought because it's actually his baby, there was like another yeah. like, level there, there because yeah. she's like, "This is your fault," yeah. and he's like, "No, it's not." What do you mean? And she's like, "Well, you put Keiko's baby in me, or whatever." Like, and but when you when you're listening to it initially, and if you know that it's his baby, it's kind of yeah. Like, there, there are little meta cute. jokes in there. Was yeah. this the epi- the episode where they were talking about Ireland and they're like, there are no hills and mountains in Ireland, only hills? Is this the episode where they're mentioning I can't that? Remember, was yeah. this, it was one of these. Yeah. 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 So, which is a reference to a movie that 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 Colmaney was in at the time called The Englishman Who Went Up a Hill and Came oh, Down right. Mountain. Oh, right, yeah. And it's, okay. it, was, it, was, it was an Academy Award-nominated movie that Colmaney is in as a main character. And they're just throwing the little reference out, going, hey, we know what else you're doing here, Cole. <laughs> hmm. Okay. No, I like the that. The only okay, guy from DS9 to have a career afterwards. No, that's not true. Bashir did some stuff. And, and He's that, always token, you know... Arab guy. Arab, Arab guy. guy. And, yeah. and, 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 and Nana Visitor did a lot of time on Broadway, so, you know... Best job. Oh, she and does Avery seem like crazy. a Broadway girl. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you mean every book stayed crazy? Oh, you, you guys, oh, you guys saw, yeah, you guys said you watched the Captain. We watched the Captains. Holy yeah, cow. Well, so you know she, how nuts that dude is, is, right? <laughs> and then right after that, <laughs> he was there. arrested for a DUI. Weird. <gasps> Are you serious? Yeah, totally. Wow. That's anyway, so going not on. surprising. Jerk. 
You know the no. the Ireland <laughs> thing. I thought it. Did you think it was kind of strange that like because Kira is talking like naturally about Ireland as if she knows all about Ireland, but you you'd never see like a human talking about Clashafla or wherever Kira's from, like the specific <laughs> place in Bajor. It's always just Bajor. No, Bajor only has one place. It only has Rakantha Province, and the only food they eat is Hasparat. That's all they have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the, it's yeah. the only. That it's is like, the extent of their culture. One, yeah, one food, one place. That's it. Um. Okay. Anyway, oh, okay. Um, Mark hates it when they hide pregnancies, like in Voyager and the Cosby Show. So yeah, good point. Or the Office. Uh, yeah, and I thought it was really particularly silly on Voyager because I'm pretty sure they were hiding the fact that Bellana was pregnant, and they just get her pregnant later. Like seriously, just speed <laughs> that had, timeline up. She had two kids. Dude, whatever. And Crusher had a couple of kids on Next Gen too. That's why she wore that ridiculous blue coat. Oh, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. And so Riker guys- had a couple of kids. That's why he got fat. You guys that's remember when? Got- uh, you guys remember in The Office when? Uh, well, I don't know what season it was, but the girl who played Angela was uh, was pregnant. And towards the end of the season, her neck was so water retainy. <laughs> they, they were like filming her from like the chin up at that point. So it was, wow. I didn't even All know. Super super close ups. I <laughs> never notice when chicks are pregnant. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe well, I don't. Pretty really much on watch Star those. Trek, whenever they're wearing a weird jacket that yeah. they've yeah. never been wearing before, that's your clue. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's why Picard starts wearing the jacket in uh, season five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, David says this is a Deep Space Nine romantic farce. How much you like this episode is going to depend a lot on how much you like Worf being over the top doing wacky, wacky Klingon shit. Usually I don't swear, but he said it. Okay, whatever. Um, either, you, either you like that or you don't. For me, I find myself saying, shut up, Worf, on several occasions for, over, for the over-the-top Klingon romance rituals. Worf apologizing to Morn before tossing him from the chair was pretty funny, though. Oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> I will have to apologize for this later. That was pretty good. Uh, like in House of Quark, though, it's fun to mix Quark's naked Ferengi cynicism up against all the Klingon honor stuff. More importantly, a, long, a lot of, the, of what goes on into making the episode work is the chemistry and camaraderie of the cast. When Sisko, Odo, or Bashir is needing someone uh, over love here, it's usually pretty hilarious. Of course, there's also the thematic B-plot of Kira and Miles dealing with the feelings of mutual attractiveness that have arisen over their surrogate pregnancy, like with body parts... Kudos to them for getting to the emotional issues of the pregnancy over melodramatic complications. And as mentioned before, Odo and Bashir, needling their respective best friends equals comedy gold. Somehow, though, I suspect much of the discussion of Parmok will involve John and JR discussing the missed opportunity to kill Keiko and hook the two of them up. Well, I would we be all for that. Yeah. I would be all for that. But yeah. then, no, because I always wanted Kira to wind up with Odo. So yeah, you can't have that. done that. And don't, say then, anything, don't say anything. Don't say anything because. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that's what I always wanted to see happen. You yeah. know? Yeah. I was wanted to see Kira end up with anyone that ended up with Keiko dead. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Worf should wind up with Keiko then. That would be quite the odd pairing. That would be amazing. <laughs> what if that happened? That would be incredible. Yeah. Spoiler alert, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's just as weird as you think it is. Oh, good, good. Can't wait. Uh, by the end, though, Bashir is being his most hilariously uptight toward awkward British doctor as his post-coital wounded saunter into sickbay. It's been a pretty good outing, after all. 
Um, and serious kudos to Dax t- for finally just attacking the idiot and doing what she's wanted to do since the way of the warrior. Definitely feel like Worf is pretty lousy at romance. Um, am I the only one who didn't see this? Am, am I just... Li- this is why I'm not married, right? I have no idea. <laughs> like, I can't sense the vibes, because I had oh. no idea. Even with all her Klingon-y stuff, I didn't know the vibe. Even knowing that she hooks up with Worf later, I didn't see it coming. No, she, Are was, you she was coming on to him the entire four seasons. Yeah. She's, I, yeah, she's, like, all up in his junk, man. Like, seriously? <laughs> like, he I was really it was because being she's, stupid. I just assume she's really slutty. That's <laughs> she, she's like, I want to batleth your mechleth right now. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it's bad, and you should censor. It. Okay, yeah, we'll bleep, we'll bleep that, we'll bleep that in post. Yeah, yeah. Dirty, apparently. <laughs> um, okay, so looking for Parmok in all the wrong places. Now, let's see how fast we can do this one. All right. Dot dot dot. Nor the battle to the strong. Oh, this is in, Yeah, in this one. We got uh, uh, voiceover by Jake, uh, and he's he's on his first assignment. Uh, he's profiling Doctor Bashir, and what do you know? They go to some planet. That planet's name is <laughs> Agilon Prime. Um, and on Agilon Prime, they're being attacked by Klingons, right? And they're the only ones around. And so Jake says, "Hey, I'll help out. No worries. This will be fun. You know, I'll be able to see. I'll be able to write about what I see." And so they go there, and they're like. Um, here are your surgical pajamas, and they get in the surgical pajamas, <laughs> and uh, so they're all in those very comfortable-looking surgical pajamas. It's pretty cool. Turns out their help ship gets blown up, so they're stranded there. So, what do you? I'm sure Cisco is pretty pissed about this, because um, he's like, "Okay, well, we're three days away. The Farragut's two days away. I'll let the Farragut get them, but then the Farragut blows up, and then they have to leave." Um, so that must have been pretty rough for him because he should have just gone in the first place, right? Um, and so anyway, so the hospital, it's under attack by the Klingons, power gets knocked out, and Jake and Bashir have to run and go get the backup generator on the runabout, wherever they are. And, uh, so they get, they get hit by these, um like flower bombs i don't know the the shells were blowing up right next to them um you gotta wonder how powerful those klingon shells are because they're like <laughs> like five of them are going off in the same screen and and they're they didn't really, really seem to do anything they, yeah it's like terrible aim too like they never played a halo on chronos <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah um but anyway, um, Dr. Bashir is ahead of the shells, and Jake is behind them, and they have to go get this generator, everyone's going to die, and Dr. Bashir, he's in a bad spot, he's probably going to die. Jake just turns and runs like a sissy, like I would run if I were in that situation. Um, and so ran closer towards the, you know, he just went red, like, he, so he ran straight towards the battlefield, right? Yeah, he pretty much did. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna gonna get under the arc of these shells, I guess. Anyway, he <laughs> falls into like a pit, and the most grizzled war veteran ever is like, "This isn't the I've first time I've the- been stuck in a pit. <laughs> uh, I'm hanging out in this pit in here. Yeah, I guess I die. <laughs> I was hoping someone'd be here for me to die next to. Yeah. And he, he like he grabs Jake and says, "Don't you die on me, man! Don't you die on me!" And then he died. 
but uh, he shakes he shakes Jake up a bit. You know, he's um, I swear that guy is the most grizzled Federation War veteran. Uh, you know, he's a warrior. That guy, and I wouldn't be surprised if he pulled through and like was in another war later. But uh, anyway, <laughs> um, Jake point. goes and he leaves, and Bashir's fine. He's like, oh, thank goodness you're okay, Jake. Everything's fine, and Jake kind of tunes out. He becomes kind of bitter and pissed off because uh, he was stout, uh, and he feels obvious guilt over Bashir. And then um, the Klingons come running in, and Jake picks up a phaser and just starts firing it <laughs> crazy, and it causes the cave-in. Turns out Jake is a hero. Yeah, his cowardice totally saves the day. Yeah, saves what? the day. Yeah. So awesome for that, um, and then you know, the moral of the story is the line between cowardice and courage is very thin. In fact, they say that exact same thing, um, and Jake writes a story about it. And this was a pretty good episode, except for Jake's voiceover. Kind of bugged me. I don't know. I, I don't think that works. But I feel like this is the strongest Jake episode that we get in the series. It was a very good Jake episode. Yeah, more than the more than more Nana. than the Nana visitor. Banana visitor. And you see, you guys hate on that so much. I, that's like my favorite episode of the. I love that episode. No, I, I like Nana. I didn't hate it. Visitor. I just didn't think it was the greatest episode ever. What episode? Ever. The Nana the visitor. visitor. The visitor. The Nana. Oh. <laughs> but they. But I mean, I. I thought that. So I have to admit my. So I said before, I've. Now he's almost ten months old, but I have a baby who had just fallen asleep, and I put him in the swing, and I watched the rest of this episode to prepare for the the podcast tonight. And and when Cisco gets to the part like where he says it seems only like like a minute ago he was five years old and all that and I swore I'd always protect him I like started like crying and stuff and yeah so like this episode hit me in it like and how fathers think about their sons and stuff and I think that's that's like I think it's poignant all the way through I think that that I can't think as much as I like to nitpick it's hard for me to find something about this episode that I really re- like yeah it's like finding the guy in the pit is, you know, a little convenient. And the epi- a lot of the episodes are a little convenient, but I feel like it really it's one of the realer episodes. You'd never see this on Next Gen at all, I think. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if I agree. You're right. It it, it it hasn't it wasn't able to be built up like this in Next Gen. Um the kids in Next Gen, they're just... I mean, because you only got Wesley, and he just couldn't pull it off. It's just not, it's it's not at that level. It's Captain Picard Day! <laughs> yeah. I don't know, there Shoot was that, that episode the where they were, like, bonding or whatever when they when, when Picard had to go get his heart transplant. I'm just saying. Um, that was good. That was fine. I didn't hate all the Wesley. That wasn't all bad. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't Grizzled War Guy in a cave and cowardice, but we're saying. That's what that episode needed, definitely. <laughs> Every episode needs grizzled old guy in the cave. Now, 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 to be clear, there was a Picard Wesley episode with a grizzled old guy in a cave. <laughs> That's true. Okay, I'm making the announcement right now. Podcast 100 is going to be a two-parter. And yes. we're going to record the whole thing, but I'm pretty sure every time it goes over like two hours and 30 minutes, there are issues in editing that happen. So we'll just... We're we'll sorry. Just, do two I MP3s. Did. Two MP3s. Yeah, I'm blaming you guys. I'm blaming you guys. <laughs> it's blaming, okay. We're not supposed to be having this much fun. We're spo- This is supposed to be work, so... This is serious. This is yeah. serious. People, be serious. This yeah. is serious. 
David says of this episode, nor the battle to the strong. This is a great Jake episode. It's tricky to write for him on the show. He's not a Starfleet officer, but unlike Quark, he also doesn't know, he doesn't throw uh, you into a whole new alien culture. He's just a human and a writer, but this episode uses that setup much, much, much better than we got in The Muse. Like the similarly dark The Ship, it takes the typical comic book, quote, war, and quote, battle, and brings it down to the real level. It's a bit of the red badge of courage in space for him. We saw him a few seasons ago reject following his father's footsteps, but now we learn more about who Jake is and uh, part of what set him apart from that path. The scenes that illuminate his journey in this episode are great, and so are the guest stars. The man, uh, the man he encounters in the foxhole is a standout as the male orderly. Um, great uh, did I read that right? as is the male orderly yeah, the guy in the foxhole was not the male orderly sorry, I read that wrong I was Um, a little confused Yeah, (laughs) watching Jake go from thinking I'm a Cisco to I'm a coward and from how could he have run to how could I have run was a realistic character journey especially as the dread of Klingon attack hangs over the episode with a palpable dread it's fascinating to see Jake wrestle with what it means to be brave. The shame and self-loathing of having failed himself and likely his father's expectations is a palpable throughout. But also, with what he's been brought up to believe about Starfleet, all the battle simulations and enlightened humanity he was raised on mean little in the heat of battle. The story of the soldier who shot himself intentionally in the foot is great. Could you ever see such cowardice from our Federation heroes before Deep Space Nine? Really, this would have been a great story for, say, disillusioning Journey's End era Wesley back on TNG, and would have made a lot more sense uh, than making him uber pissy hooking up with the faux space Indian than having him leave in the Traveler's windowless space van. (laughs) (laughs) Um... The ending is a good, solid conclusion to a very good episode, and it's a credit that the episode believes in its premise enough that even when Jake's the hero, he's not really the hero at all. Our song for this episode attached, given the red badge of courage, feel to the episode attached to the theme of Ken Burns' The Civil War. Yeah, J- um, sorry, David always attaches MP3s to his emails of, of this kind of stuff, so it's pretty sweet. I feel uh, later on in, in, in Season 7, you're going to have a companion piece, I think, to this episode, which is... The, it's called the Siege of AR, and I forget. I think it's like AR five one seven or something like that. Mm. But there is, there's. This is not the last time they'll explore the themes in this episode, and I think it's one of the things that makes it really kind of undermines. I mean, I think Gene Roddenberry would hate this. I mean, yeah. I honestly really do because it's it's it really undermines the we are enlightened, and I think that this is going. No matter how enlightened we think we are, we're still people. We're still animals, and we're gonna we're gonna react in certain ways. Some of us when we don't expect we will. And I think the reality of this is what makes DS9 as good as it is, is that it's yeah. it's everything you were presented in Next Gen, they go, yeah, but really? And I, I, I appreciate that. I guess I just uh, like it better when it's not realistic. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> really quick, really quick about Gene Roddenberry. It reminded me. Um, did anybody ever read the Shatner's, there's the Star Trek memories and then there's the Star Trek movie memories? Yes. Um, I love. I've, I've, I've read all the Shatner books. Yeah, I, I love those two books. Those are the only two like Shatner books I I read. But I thought it was hilarious how there's this implication in there that that Roddenberry kind of had to be pushed out of Star Trek not once but twice. Really, um, like he had to be pushed out like from the movies because he he was so one note in the movies. The the, the movies they they were broadening things, but 
his ideas for the movies just would not have been good. <laughs> you well, know? I think I think that the Star Trek as we know it is truly an evolution of Nicholas Meyer's uh, yeah. vision of Star Trek, and I think yeah. that that like if you watch the first episode of Next Gen and you watch Star Trek One and you watch the pilot episode of the original series, that's Roddenberry. That's pure Roddenberry, mm-hmm. and those are my least favorite episodes of all those things. Mm, ah, well played, sir. Well played. You're wrong. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> gummy bears and drinking Romulan ale all week. <laughs> Anywho, uh, Mark says, nor the battle to the strong. The title of this episode comes from Ecclesiastes 9.11. Oh, okay. I was wondering about that. Um, Jake grows up and goes off to battle. Although war is hell, he learns that he is not very courageous. Moral of the story is don't be afraid to blow up the ceiling to kill the Klingons attacking you. You'll probably survive by lying under a table. Yeah, they probably have Klingon <laughs> drills, right? <laughs> like, uh, get under a table, fire phaser in air. Klingons will die you know, under I know rubble. that's what I do when I get scared. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, proving that the Klingons may be very, very loud, but they are truly the worst warriors in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They really do, all, do, do suck, don't they? Let's remember the episode of Next Gen when Picard takes out three of them by himself in a dark alley. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Bald power. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Justin yeah. didn't send any comments on this one. He must have hated this one. Yeah, I re- you really, uh, according to all like the battles, but like hand-to-hand combat between Klingons and the other races, it seems to me that like the most feared fighters in the galaxy probably ought to be humans, right? Because... <laughs> uh, the, the the Federation officers always seem to come out on top in these hand to hand battles. Yeah. So go us. Yeah. It's the two hand punch. punch. Yeah. Punch. You can't. They, they, you know what? It's it's their kryptonite. <laughs> Klingons absolutely have no defense against the two handed punch. So. I think. Well, didn't we discuss this? Like in. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're both coming at me. What do I do? <laughs> well, Kapla. it's the future of Kapla. martial arts, is what it is. Also, um, on the walls and stuff. Like, it looks silly to us, but 300 years from now, we'll know better. We'll be enlightened <laughs> enough to know that that's actually how you throw a punch. Now, let's be clear. I, I, I have studied a little martial arts in my time, and I probably one of you guys have too. Really, what would you do against 200 punch? There's nothing you could do again. Like, I would see it coming and I would go, What do I do? And it would be it. It'd be over. I'd be down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a ninja than you are, though, so I think I'd just not be there. Oh, I so write ninjas, so are, there. Dude, whatever. Alexi, are you a ninja and he's a monster then? Yup. Okay. <laughs> She's the guide. <laughs> and I'm totally ninja. You're totally ninja. And and if you want to find more about what we're talking about, you can go to ninjaswin.com or watch oh. Ninjas versus Vampires on Netflix. Okay. <laughs> are you guys Although both I'm not in Ninjas in versus one. Vampires? <laughs> um she is uh you are briefly in Vampires. I am briefly, but you and, don't know it's me. I wrote and directed Vampires. Nice. Ooh. Good call. And it's on <laughs> Netflix. Yes, sir. It is. Okay, cool. Look for that. Send us a link to that, by the way. Okay. Um, okay. You could just search for it on Netflix, John. Um, I forgot what the title was, so oh, send okay. me a link. Um, <laughs> I like that he's like, you could search for Ninjas it. Ninjas versus Vampires. Really? <laughs> really hard to it's not terribly this. complicated. I'm writing it down. <laughs> there are ninjas. ninjas, and over here, there are vampires. <laughs> okay, so no pirates, then. No pirates? Okay. Yeah, there's a there lack of pirates. There may no, or may no not zombies. Pirates. No zombies? Okay. Zombies is the first one. 
Yeah, it's uh, ninjas, versus ninjas versus zombies, versus zombies ninjas, ninjas versus vampires, vampires, and now ninjas okay. versus monsters. Okay, ninjas versus monsters. Okay, so ninjas. <laughs> you en- so it's yeah, you can ninjas. just go to enlightenentertainment.com and it's all there. Okay, nice. Um, okay, we're done with the so episodes. I'm like, a, I'm like a power strip. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I wish you were like that power strip though. That's like shaped like a dude. Have you seen those? No, no. It's like the coolest power strip ever. Like shaped like a dude. Yeah, it's like a little guy. Like he's like head and he has little. Are we talking about the same thing here? Yeah, and you plug in bits. Is this okay to talk about on this? Yeah, (laughs) it wasn't until you started being weird. I didn't say anything. (laughs) If it was if it was shaped like a girl, then it might be less appropriate. But yeah, seriously. (laughs) Hello, gentlemen. Are we down to are we are we down to awards, John? We're down to awards. Yeah. We're down to awards. Yes. Okay. Um, so I don't have them in front of me, so we'll have I to do. we'll have to fly this. Okay, Jr. You're in charge then. It's kick awards butt time. Okay. Okay, we're gonna start with a uh, villain, best villain for this set of episodes. Go, John. Go. I'll say mistrust. Ooh. Ooh. Crappy mistrust. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go with massages. <laughs> I like that one. Um I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh with the broken end of a of a virtual reality court controller. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I guess I'm I'm gonna go with uh with cowardice. Ah, uh, crappy cowardice. Yeah. Stupid cowardice. Which yeah. which turns out to be a fine tool against Klingon. So apparently <laughs> Yeah, and a phaser shot in the ceiling. All right. All right, so how about technology? Best technology. Okay, definitely Worf's motion capture device. Yeah, oh. I don't think there's a contest there. It's Darn. totally yeah. that thing. Yeah, I've got Robocaller written down, so. Yeah. yeah. It's I, totally, gotta, I think totally that's unanimous. That yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. You know. well, oh, best. oh, actually, no, I'm changing mine. Um, what? Mine is O'Brien's pull-away sleeve bandages. From the ship, no. he kept he kept you, he kept daubing um, Munez with his pull away sleeve of bandages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the, he's got disposable sleeve. That's not really technology. No. So it, much it's I mean they're supposed to be textiles. for wiping your nose with, but he he uh, he improvised and he saved a guy's life um, until the and, guy and, died. And, and, I was gonna say no, the dude totally died. <laughs> he a runner up to the magic, the magic eight balls that if you ask them, will tell you if someone is a, is a pounder or not. <laughs> I, they were kind of like magic eight balls slash Harry Potter snitches. Yeah. Is what those things were. I yeah, they were like, over, yeah, it was like it, it was like a magic eight ball and a snitch had a baby. That's what it yeah. would look like. And then if yeah. you catch it, it tells you who the founder is. It tells you who the founder is. <laughs> and you also you also win the match, and anything else that happened before that moment is irrelevant. <laughs> oh man, you know what's a stupid game? Quidditch. Okay, I just said it. Okay, whatever. Anyway, um, okay, next award, Jr. Best death. Oh. Okay, and I'm just gonna—I don't—I don't can't think of any any death that's even close to this, and I'm just gonna say Martok. 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 Uh, oh yeah. Death of. A I'm gonna go with the time. other uh, the other changeling who turned into the dust death? as if as if Sylvester Stallone punched it. Punched it in the it, face really hard. Yeah. Its face <laughs> turned to Munez. dust. And, like, I'm gonna say, was, does does Munez not count? Like, is it, Munez is totally it not, counts? Yeah. I almost yeah, voted for like Munez. A, that's like a yeah. serious death. Can I? Can okay. I, I, was I it supposed to be more of a, a badassery death. In, in that case, well, in, in that case, I vote for Keiko for Keiko for wishful thinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. We talked about it on this. All right, next All right. one. Uh, planet, best planet. 
Okay. Oh, the Klingon, the Klingon. The Klingon place. Yeah, the Klingon Boy Scout place. Tiger Corps. Yeah. And yeah. Yes. Uh, Tiger's yeah. Mill. Tiger something. Yeah. That place was cool. Uh, yeah, a lot of drinking there. Um, the blood hmm. wine flows. I don't have anything else. There's only the planet that the thing crashed on, and then the planet where the Klingons overran the people. But so, really, the moral of the whole four episodes is don't travel. <laughs> it really is, yeah. I guess I'm going to go with that same Klingon planet with the statue yeah. of Chang. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm. We're going to do uh, the the beefcake award okay. here. I'm going to go with Andrew K- Kavavit, who played Kirby, who was the uh, brunette <laughs> nurse on the, that one. I mean, he, he may have only been 12 years old. I don't know. He looked pretty young, but you know. He, I was yep. gonna. I forgot to bring him up. He was my favorite character from that episode. Hey, you guys want to hear some awesome news? The Klingons are coming. They're gonna kill us all. Isn't that amazing? What are you guys <laughs> excited for the most? How do you guys most want to die? <laughs> You're gonna slit your throat. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I, I'm gonna go with that kid too. You're not picking Grizzly, grizzled old. Oh soldier. no, I'm picking grizzled guy in a pit. That's who I'm picking. Yeah, he's got kind of the the Sean Connery thing going, right? Kind of grizzled older and distinguished. Guy. Yeah, grizzled pit yeah. guy. Well, so are we not allowed to pick people? Who, yeah, just who... pick Doctor Bashir because it's Bashir. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh I, I, I didn't know if there was like a rule, but it's, it's always yeah. Bashir. I, I think we restrict ourselves from choosing cast members, right? That's yeah, we saying. usually do. Yeah. Uh, but you've, you guys have chosen Kira before. I'm sorry. You've chosen Kira and Dax before. I call No, we foul. have because they're mirror universe versions of them. See, but I because, because <laughs> that is not valid. <laughs> because because I feel totally like is. I have to I feel like I have to choose Klingon Cisco because I'm not questioning the validity of his hotness. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, I'm, okay, I'm fine. Okay, you can pick you can pick Bashir and Cisco. You're our guest, and plus I like that quote. <laughs> uh, okay, next chair. Uh, guest guest star, uh, and I'm choosing JG Hertzler, who played Martok. Yes, yes. Martok, hands down, that hands dude down. is the best. He's the absolute best. Yeah, John. Um, you want to refute that? Are you stupid? <laughs> are you dumb? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Uh, who played the uh, changeling that died in the ship? Was that anybody? Oh, is it the guy who played <laughs> <Yeah>. Martok? <laughs> Was it J.G. Hertzler? Because then you're wrong. <laughs> <sighs> okay, fine. I'll pick Martok. That's, yes. He He was really good. He was good. Okay. I'd, I'd have if to pick him. You into you if I, if I picked first, I'd probably pick him. But Okay, well, next one is a uh, recurring character. And uh, I'm real tempted to take uh, um, Ducat here. Because every time he's a recurring character, he's my number one choice. But I'm going to go with uh, Robert O'Reilly as Galron. Because I love okay. those eyes. Hmm. Mm. I, I should pick Jake because he's more of a recurring character than Gold Dukat. But he's in the opening credits, so I can't pick him. Uh, I I, I'm, I'm going to pick Grilka. <laughs> Grilka. Yeah, she's... What, has she been on three times? Is that our threshold? Three times? No, I think it's just twice. Oh, uh, Okay. We, I don't think Doesn't we decided. That just make her, I think that just makes her guest star twice. I think three times is the threshold, John. Okay, fine. I'll pick um, uh, Morn. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so, how's your day been, John? You're dope. <laughs> Hi! Hi, welcome back. Oh, good. good. It's your turn. Are, it's your turn. We're dying to hear your favorite recurring character. John chose Morn. Oh, I, I'm a fan of Morn, but... Although, you know what? I think I got to go with that for one simple what about fact. Grilka? No. 
No, she. <laughs> oh, we we discussed this while you guys were away. You have good, you have to be on three episodes before you can be. Yeah, a, I was gonna here. say Groker hasn't been on enough. I mean, yeah, she's, uh, she's just a special guest star twice now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like what's great about Morn is he never says anything. That dude yeah. gets put in all that makeup to say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> just sit there. And they should just make a statue of Morn, shouldn't they? Yeah, well, he, he's kind of like like future Maggie Simpson, right? In that episode where they'd say, she never shuts up. So, I mean, hasn't uh, Quark said before that he couldn't get Morn to stop talking? Oh, yeah, like yeah. They, always, they always cut It's a in. recurring joke, yeah. Yeah, when I, yeah. like you well, don't hear him saying anything. Because he's but... Norm from Cheers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, the thing that bugs me about the joke is they always talk about He's always talking, but every time you see him, it should be in a place where he would be saying something, but he never is. Oh, like cutting him off. Occasionally, yeah. it's to the point where he's about to speak, and then and then something yeah. happens. Okay, see stop. that makes more sense. But usually, it's like, why is that guy being quiet? He should be talking right now, even if he even if he's you know doesn't usually even if he's a shy person, he should be talking. But they always talk about how he does talk, and so I think that doesn't work as well for the joke. John, you. You picked Morn, John. John, you I picked, picked Morn. Yeah. <laughs> Heart complainer. So, what do you guys got? <laughs> oh, uh, you said Morn as well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Martok. Martok. Oh no. Martok. Hold on. How many episodes has he been on? He was at least in Way of the Warrior one and two, which are two different oh, episodes, fine. and then this one. Okay. They're not two uh, different episodes. The name of the episode is called The Way of the Warrior Parts One of Two. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to choose Martok. I, I want to choose Martok. Too, but Fine. I didn't know if he'd better. Fine. I'll choose. I'll choose. I'll choose Gowron and both of his eyes. Ah, uh, Gowron. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, that's who Jr. picked. Oh, so Gowron is a weird looking dude, isn't he? Yeah, I his eyes Garon, are yeah. nuts. He's got some big yeah. buggy eyes. So there was there was this game in the '90s called Star Trek Klingon for PC. And it was uh, narrated by him. Oh, and there's all this. There's all these times where he looks at the camera and he's just because he's supposed to be like on a view screen teaching you how to be a Klingon. And his eyes, like he does the eye thing all, all like all over the all like, over the place. He's like, he's like, I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, nice. he, I feel like he's a lot of ways he's Kirk like because only he can break up a sentence in oh, like yeah. a really strange way. He's, he's the king of saying the entire sentence except the last two words. Yeah. yeah. So if he's yeah. saying the words, the like like. Star Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. He goes, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, so anyway, beautiful. moving on. Hot chick budget. Hot oh, chick budget. Oh, Thank yet, you. Not yet. Oh, oh yeah, not yet. Sorry, but I like hot chicks. Go. Oh, okay. No, this one last one before that, and that's a cast member. That's okay. Cast member. Cast member. Gee, I wonder, uh, Alexia, who it's going to be. <laughs> you don't even know, man. It's it's Dax, duh. Yeah. Finally getting what she wants. Sister doing it for herself. I don't know what that hmm. means. Yeah, yeah that's that might be good. I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. <laughs> uh, so. I'm I'm gonna have to go with Worf just because hey, a lot of Klingons in this set, so uh, he he brought it. Way to bring it, Worf. <laughs> good job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just I would love to see. Like to have somebody say that to him. <laughs> I could just see Worf, right? Been all Worf and say, way to bring it, Worf. <laughs> just as great. Yeah. Thank you. Then get eviscerated. <laughs> he would give though he would give I feel like he would he would give the weird sideways Worf look. Like Yeah. This, this, yeah. <laughs> disapproving smirk. Yes, absolutely. Um so it's only supposed to be a, for the episodes that we just talked about? Yes, for the four episodes mm-hmm. we talked about. 
I mean, because it's still pretty much Bashir. Yeah. Okay, but, that's fine. Seriously, there, but, there but, are episodes in Next Gen that Bashir is not in, that she won't choose Bashir. <laughs> but, but like, if we were talking from a, from, like, I, li- I like that, that, that Dax attacks and gets her man. So, like, she's a, a close runner-up to, to Bashir. All right. Okay. Nice. Well, just- right, well, well, for me, I mean, it's it was also my favorite, like, like beefcake. I got to go again with Klingon Cisco. I'm sorry. There's, there's, I'm sorry. <laughs> Brag all you want, but don't get between me and the Black Rain. <laughs> I could watch. I could watch a series with that character. <laughs> so yes, right. uh, Klingon Cisco. Well, here we are. We are down to the Hot Chick Budget Award, and I, I, I can't even believe there's going to be any kind of discussion here because it, it's, it's obviously Kalana. I am going to pick um, Blue Girl. Uh, Blue girl from she gets wasted in the ship. She's one of the crew members, like one of the other. Oh, uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, because she's blue. And I always thought, like, if if we ever got around to changing our skin color, you know, like cosmetically, that I think blue chicks would be really hot. Um, totally, I want to be a blue chick. Yeah, you used to have blue hair. I did. Yeah, I love blue, and I want to. I want to find like the makeup so that I can be blue chick. And like do a photo shoot that way. Got, that would be awesome. I've gotten to the point where I'm not even still not used to seeing you without blue hair. Really? Yeah. I still it's expect just, it to it's be hard blue. to get people to hire you when you have blue hair. There's some <laughs> like it doesn't really work for whatever role. There's a very like specific role set that, yeah, that like, works for. Like when you were, you were gonna play Nurse Ratchet, like the blue hair <laughs> wouldn't quite go. It wouldn't have worked really. It wasn't that kind of blue. <laughs> so okay, uh, mirror image nurse hair, ratchet, go. yeah. Stop it. Go. So what? What's the budget for? What does no, that no. Mean? Hot chick budget is oh, what yeah. is the term they use for 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 where do they spend the money on the hot chick? Where's the who's the hottest chick? In which the which really was mm-hmm. I, I, it? Kind of went. It, oh, it don't from, don't lose it, guys. I love it. I love that you say that each time. Every time you get to it, I get excited. So that's <laughs> that's awesome. Well, it, it was an original series thing, right? Because it, mm-hmm. you know, like every single original series episode, like had the designated hot alien girl, right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so we figured that like a portion of the budget went towards hiring the hot girl, and and they stopped mostly doing that in all the other series. But in the original series, that was like. Every episode had the hot yeah. There's the chick. one. There's the one hot chick. Like yeah. they're all usually very attractive, but there's like the one that you're supposed to know is the hot chick. Yeah, like yeah. it's clear. There's a lot of soft filters and like she's all <laughs> sexy and stuff. Well, like Joan robot. Collins was one, for example. Yes, yes, of course. She also, was. that chick who was in What Are Little Girls Made Of? Uh, I can't remember her name, mm-hmm. but and she... also the chick who played um, his his old girlfriend or whatever that was actually a salt chick, the salt monster oh, yeah. or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then when they didn't have a hot chick budget, it was just like Janice Rand. <laughs> Janice Rand, yeah. She was she was token hot chick, like, like, when yeah. they didn't like have anyone else. on the show, right? They did what so, they like, could, yeah. <laughs> and she had the basket weave hair, which was great. Was <laughs> All right, Alexia, uh, who, who's um, your I, hot I, chick? I think, um, I, I think Grilka. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, she, because well, she's a lady, right? Yeah, because she is a she's true a lady. Klingon that is lady, right. and, and she'll injure you. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a that's a woman that knows you know how to get what she wants and stuff. I'm just, <laughs> you don't mess with her. Hey, watch me pander. 
I think Alexia gets my hot chick budget for all four episodes because because <laughs> doing this next to a hot chick is just makes the entire show better. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice uh-huh. pandering. Yeah. <laughs> I got to keep my po- my co-host. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, is that the last award? That's it. We are down to the second to last part of this podcast. <laughs> Rankings. Rankings. Okay. Rankings. Okay. So number four, so it's like the fourth best episode, right? And to be honest, so like usually there's like a terrible episode. And and mm. I think these are all really solid episodes. I thought this was a great start to the season. So my number four is looking for Parmok in all the wrong places. And I still really enjoyed it. Really? Yeah. Um, okay. Looking for Parmok. Okay. You still really enjoyed looking for Parmok in all the wrong places. Uh, you know, I do. Fine. I do. Fine. My number four is what's that one called apocalypse rising well okay yeah i yeah. i'm gonna have to go with uh looking for parmok is my number four i think right. i might have liked it a little more but the the, the keiko o'brien thing was just kind of, it was just weird it's just hmm. tough it's like they're they're all like they all compared to like there, there are times when you listed four especially around season two where like any one of these would have been number one. It's hard for me to go. Why is one better than the other? All all four of them are really good. So yeah, yeah. but yeah, Parmark's my number four. Alexia. Yeah? Well, so my number four, uh, yikes, is is actually um, the the last one, the one with Jake. I don't know what the title is. No, right. the, the battle to the, the strong. Because he's whiny. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's literally. I will say there there are a bunch of times in that episode where it seems like he whines and has to be taken to another room, and then that scene seems somewhat separated from the scene before. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of him walking into separate caves to kind of talk with someone, then walking back. So I did kind of notice that. I don't know. It just kind of. There's only so much whining I can take, I guess. Like I I I respect that there was like a message there, and and I love that about Star Trek in general. But like, that, and it's a and they're all and they're all good. Episodes, so like, if I've got to go, if it's got to come down to something, yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go. You know what? It's because yeah. he whines a lot. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you still have to have a least favorite child, right? So I mean, we yeah. we, we have to be honest with ourselves. So. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, number, number three. I, I say boomerang. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, boomerang. Okay. okay, it means uh, Alexia, you're up. Number yeah, three. Yeah, you're up. Number three. Oh. Oh wow! Yikes. Okay. Um. Wh- um. Hmm. The the one. This is hard for me because I like stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to ask Haiti questions of, this of is Justin. Like, this is like so- uh, yeah, because number three, like this, is like Sophie's choice for her. It's it yeah. is. It's very difficult. Um. Hmm. So it would be between the. The one with her, okay. You, you know, should see her right now. This on. is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me hurt you. Um, Ow! <laughs> um, I'm going to say it's the one. Um, it's not the one you guys think it is. Because this I is, like this that is really one. fun to listen to. <laughs> I'm listening. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is their favorite part of the whole show. The We're going to pick ship. one for you. The ship. The yeah, ship. that one's called the ship. Okay. <laughs> that one. <laughs> It's um, so difficult when I'm on the spot like that. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm gonna go uh, nor the battle of the strong. Okay, okay. Jonathan. Uh, nor the battle to the strong. Nor the battle. Uh, voiceover, the but it had grizzledness in it and pajamas. <laughs> it was good. 
Well, that's pretty good consensus there on number three. So, okay. So that was my number three, too. So number two, um, and, I, and I just barely flipped my number three and my number two. Um, but I, I put Apocalypse Rising back up to number two because I think that it just kind of – I thought it was just awesome. When the episode ended, I thought that was awesome. And, and I tried to think back as to why it was awesome. And it was hard to come up with a lot of good reasons, but it was awesome. I so didn't there. like that one so much because I, I didn't like, I didn't like, I don't like them just dressing up as Klingons and going over there. I, that's why I put it as my number four. Like, oh yeah, we'll just dress as Klingons and, and assassinate the leader of Klingononia. You know, that didn't work. <laughs> well, that's okay. John, number two. My number two uh-huh. is the ship. Uh, it was pretty good. It had a Vorta and uh, some uh, high stakes. I'm going to say the ship as well. Nice. I, I'm not going to say Apocalypse Rising. Apocalypse Rising? Okay. Uh, you like Permac. I do. You guys are a bunch of haters. Well, so <laughs> no, no, but it's a romantic episode. I, I mean, know. That, it's that, very it's, sweet. It's one for the ladies. That's fine. So wait, hey Alexia, that's sexist. your number one? That's not sexist at all. Don't get sexist. <laughs> the, the, the ladies like romantic episodes. Dude, whatever. That's not even true. That's not even why. Look at the demographic. <laughs> okay, why? Why would it be? I'll tell you why. Tell me why. Why is because I really wanted Dax and... And oh, this so is not, I. no, it's not because it was just romantic, but okay. like that in particular. That, that, I had been wanting to happen. So when it finally happened, what, it was that triumphant. That particular Dude, whatever! <laughs> Yes, that okay. particular romance. <laughs> so we've established that girls like romance. Is that what? <laughs> so um, I think, uh, Justin, you were on your number one, which you, which was like a really oh, obvious, right. right? Because yeah, number one is is Apocalypse Rising because, like, like I said, it's it's that was my number four. See, he can't he can't even defend it, can he? He can't defend it. He just has to go away. Wait, JR, did I lose you too? Oh my gosh. See, Justin, you just said your number Apocalypse, one yeah. is my number four, which is the that one with the Klingons and stuff. Okay, so one, I think it's funny to watch him do it, and it's funny to watch Cisco deal with the teeth. And yeah, <laughs> I've got this attachment to like I said, it's is is part of what I really liked about Star Trek is watching people have to be other races, because that's what I, I had to be. I had to do it for three years, so I had to watch this episode, and this is part of part of the the onslaught of episodes that got me into Star Trek. So I do have an emotional attachment, and even though Alexia thinks that makes me sexist, that's what I have. So no, I'm saying that just because my the one that I had an emotional attachment happened to be of romantic nature in this instance. Uh-huh. You had to go and say, well, I mean, of course, because you're a woman. And that's BS is all right. I'm no, saying. No, right? emo- Whereas you have some emotional right. attachment. It's a manly emotional it's attachment. It's a manly episode. Whatever. It's, it's like the goodwill hunting of Deep Space Nine, except they're Klingons. <laughs> now, Alexia, you're absolutely right, though. Because if you've been counting at home, uh, looking for uh, Parmok in all the wrong places, that's also my number one pick. Really? Yes, it really is. And I was, as I was watching it, I'm like, is this my... Yeah, you know what? I'm doing it. It's my number one pick. Because on paper, it sucks. It's horrible. I hate it on paper. But somehow there were so many good lines and so much chemistry and the the kind of intersecting romances that happen, I think it actually worked really well. And it's closer to... Uh, a, 
someone said it earlier, uh, uh, like a sex farce. Um, sure, it's almost like Moliere. Yeah. Right, whatever that is. Yeah, it's just like that. <laughs> uh-huh. You should see this chick too, Moliere, by the way. She's incredible. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Um <laughs> No, 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 no. Send me a link, as usual. Uh, if you guys ever seen uh, the Bergman film, uh, Smiles of a Summer Night, or um, uh, the Woody Allen movie, uh, A Midsummer Night's Sex Comedy. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's... I, I love Woody Allen, and I love how much he ripped off Ingmar Bergman. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. Just kind of like, okay, here here's the setup, and we know these couples have to be together, and, you know, these couples don't have to be together, and they're going to interact with each other and stuff's going to happen and funny stuff's going to happen and hearts are going to be broken and hearts are going to be, you know, healed. And it was good. I liked it. So, well, I mean, I, and, and to be clear, I think that we are again talking about like B pluses slash A minuses versus yeah. A's and A pluses. These are on any given, on any other given episode, this might be, any of these would be the number one. Yes. Um, but it's just a strong, strong, strong collection of episodes. Yeah. Now, let's see. We lost JR on Skype, but does anybody know what his number one is? Let's try to remember this here. I say he agrees with me. <laughs> he probably but he does. It, but yeah. he doesn't. No, no, no. I think um, based on what we, I, if I'm not mistaken, because your, your second was the ship, right? Um, my second was the ship, yes. So I think his first is the ship. I don't think he said the ship yet. I think his first might be the ship. Might be the ship. So JR? The ship. Is your internet yeah. back? Are you, yeah, are, you, are you back then? <laughs> yeah, I am. So was everyone? So you can confirm fantastic? if I'm right then. What's your number you, one? You what was right. your number one? It was the ship. Ha ha! I rule. Yeah, <laughs> okay, it's fine. The it's the best episode ever. Actually, you know, the thing though is that... that like my top three, I probably could have swapped around pretty loosely. Except the Parmok one was right out, right? Even though it was my favorite episode. And my That's favorite it? episode. So basically, yeah. you and I are right and they're wrong. Yeah, That's I'm really so proud that. of you too. Yeah. For, <laughs> for choosing the creepy O'Brien Kira episode. That's no, not- dude, whatever. It wasn't about that. Okay. You guys start co hosting. It wasn't about the romance, it was about the other romance. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. All right. So and I'm a sexist. Yep. Yes, yeah. you are. <laughs> but we knew that. Okay, before this is an absolute complete failure, <laughs> let, let's <laughs> let's let's finish up with uh, predictions for next week, right? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's see. I got it. Where is uh? You know, my, my speech is starting to slur. I, that's how I know I've been up a little too long. Let's see. Okay, first episode is called the assignment, John, and that what this is about is um uh. Stupid Jake Sisko has to do a writing assignment for his uh, the school that he's never going to attend. And what it is is he has to write about something traumatic that happened in his life. So it's going to be a one-episode flashback episode where he just flashes <laughs> back to uh, the grizzled man in the... In the, in the cave. In the, yeah. In the cave, yeah. That's oh, it. that's good. Okay. Um, my episode for the assignment is Bashir takes a writing class from Jake. <laughs> And his assignment is to uh, shadow a writer and, uh, and do what they do. And so, Sis- uh, not Cisco, Bashir. I mean, Bashir uh, shadows Jake uh, in, at being a writer. And, and so Jake just tells him about, like, pencils and stuff. And he writes about that. Ah, that's awesome. I, 
I, I, I think you're both wrong. I think in the assignment, uh, the muse comes back and helps Jake to finish the novel that was about his father dying in the random time swapping accident, and uh, and and that they pepper uh, references to that throughout the rest of the season, um, even though it should never happen. Nice. Okay. Well, I think if if I'm not mistaken, that in actuality, um, it's definitely Bashir centric. Um, and I, and I think, well, duh, they all should be. So I think all of mine are actually going to be that. Um, so he actually though, in this episode, the assignment that he goes on is, um, like a cool deep cover assignment because he's sexy, right? So he goes and he finds out. Uh, he goes undercover into the Dominion <laughs> on assignment, right? He goes under the covers with Alexia. <laughs> hey now, that's a dream. Nice. We don't talk about that. <laughs> okay, next episode. Uh, trials and Tribulations. This is actually, it, it's, it's kind of a funny episode, but kind of a serious episode. And so we have kind of a love triangle going on, and it's about to be a love rectangle because Keiko and Kira and... Uh, and um, that other guy, who's the chief, O'Brien. O'Brien, they get in another accident on a ship, and there's tribbles on the ship, and they are forced to transplant the baby into the stomach of a tribble. <laughs> and now a- O'Brien has to grapple with the fact that maybe he's got feelings for this tribble. <laughs> so. Oh, that's beautiful. I think uh, the tribbles, they... Um, they want to be in the Federation. And everyone's <laughs> like, what? You guys? All you do is wiggle and eat stuff. And so the Tribbles, in order to prove their worth as sentient beings, they actually kill a guy. And then they're put on trial as an entire race. Because it took all of them to kill the guy. Mm. Look at that. I, I think that in, in this episode, uh, Quark... Uh, not being able to compete with the with the rest of the replimat on the uh, on the space station decides to offer free trials of fried tribbles, um, and, and it becomes it becomes a delicacy on the station that everyone becomes addicted to. But when the tribbles run out, they have to find a way to get new tribbles to have fried tribble trials. Wow. Okay. Uh, I think the tribbles are actually uh, on trial for a different reason. They're on trial to to justify. They're um, they're not being wiped out by the rest of the whole Alpha Quadrant because all they do is procreate and eat, mm. and so they're like a threat to all of the Federation, and so they're put on trial because they're going to be exterminated, and oh, so okay. they have to ju- they have to be like, yo, we're people too. Well, I them to be eaten, <laughs> nice. Well, that's that was actually that. See, it's a, it's a melding of that and and what you were saying. Is that Quark is saying, and then I will have them be delicacies yeah. <laughs> after we kill them all. I hope all of these happen. These are all good. <laughs> well, you already know that we know. That's yeah. true. That and so exactly you might just be happened. telling the truth to throw us off. We might Ooh. be. Yeah. Mm. All right, so Let He Who Is Without Sin. This is a great episode where the entire ship goes on shore leave to Ryza. And they have a good time, and when they all come back, they all have to go see Doctor Bashir to clear some stuff up. Mm. And he's uh, <laughs> he's uh, gives them kind of a judging eye. But then the wah wah moment at the end is when he shows that he's gotten back some test results mm. of himself. And doggone it, if <laughs> he hasn't picked up a little something too, he's picked up everything <laughs> they picked up. Yeah, yeah. he's picking. <laughs> so. Okay, 
I think, and I swear I've used this several times, but they go back to the Dominion planet, and uh, and they're gonna kill Odo because he's the only one who killed a changeling. Um, it, but then, like the firing squad that's gonna kill Odo, each one of them sheepishly says, "You know what? I've actually killed a changeling. You know what? <laughs> uh, it's not that big of a secret. Yeah, it's happened." Um, I think I think this also does take place on Risa, but there is a uh, the, for the fate of the Alpha Quadrant, the Dominion uh, agrees to no longer have uh, a war, but instead has a stone throwing contest, and whoever <laughs> wins gets to rule the Alpha Quadrant, and then the writers uh, uh, very cleverly name it: "Let he who is out who is without sin throw the first stone." So Ooh. there we go. Yes. Hmm. Okay, so this one is definitely. Um, Bashir centric, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and actually though, what happens is he is uh, taken over by some kind of an alien that's very akin to like sort of the devil who goes around tempting everybody uh, to to sin, and and so it's a, it's an allusion to to he who is without sin being able to resist uh, Bashir. Uh, mm. Oh, resist Bashir. Okay, very nice. Like you could. I know, right? It's just not. It's not going to happen that way. <laughs> they all die. That's just not feasible. Because <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> what's the last episode called? It's called Things Past, and um, and I don't have anything, John. So go ahead, and I'll I'll come back. Okay, remember the guys in the for the cause that I said were time travelers. Yeah. Um. Maybe. Well, they're back, uh, <laughs> and. But they're trapped in the past, but they can only send one of them into the future at a time. Um, and they're, they're trying to send someone who can save them from the past. Um, and, and they take Jake, and they suck Jake into the past. And Jake lives in the past on behalf of them, and then they live in the future. And then everything's all worked out on the time stream, except Jake's in the past, um, where he lives a full life again, and he writes all his stories, <laughs> and then he comes back. <laughs> Again, yeah. Uh, okay. So, I I laughed when we talked about this earlier, actually, because okay. So, spoiler alert: I know what this is about because I've seen it earlier. We were talking about when, uh, like Odo's talking about digestion and his first bowel movement. Uh-huh. This is that episode. <laughs> Things pass, and he talks about. <laughs> or was it a pair? It was yes, a pair. Yeah, it was a pair. And he, it was a whole uh, pair. He, he looks at he, he looks at the things that are past and says, "What does this taste like to you?" <laughs> <laughs> He's oh, like, man. "I don't I don't really like doing that." They're like, "What?" <laughs> you know, like eating it after. You know, <laughs> no, Odo, you're. And they all just chuckle and say, "Well, <laughs> you got to get used to that." <laughs> are you questioning the validity of my plan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. Go so on. I I think. Yeah. Go ahead, Alexia. Alexia. Why isn't Alexia. it Alexia? That That's always going to throw me off. No, why? No, I'll, no. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why it's not. It's that's because that's her it's, name. Because it's not my name because my name is Greek, and that's not how you say it in Greece. Oh. Oh. So okay. There's actually a good reason. Like, it's not just arbitrary. <laughs> nice. Because okay. I know some people will do that. They'll, like, have, like, a mundane type of name or something, and they'll they'll change it oh, so it sounds sexy. She just throws sexy. a hissy fit. Just I do it. not throw a hissy. You know what? He is angry... Because I didn't correct him when I met him for a year because I'm used to people mispronouncing my name. And then at one point, (laughs) Mr. A went off on him 
and corrected him on how to say my name. And so he's had trouble figuring it out ever since then. Uh-huh. And so that's not me going nuts, by the so way. This is absolutely true. Behind her back, if somebody else pronounces her name, I'm like, no, 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 no. No, it's Alexia. <laughs> or else somebody's going to get really mad at you. <laughs> Namely, Mr. A or her. I don't get really mad. I'm used to it at this point. People always say it wrong. Did you just get mad at me then? <laughs> I didn't get mad at you. Uh, I was... beg to differ, sir. <laughs> you know what I do now because of you and your little stories? Yes. Like now whenever I audition for new stuff, if I get cast in something, like I correct people right away. Yeah. I just, just gently. <laughs> Alexia. Alexia. <laughs> <laughs> or Alex. Like I give them an option to not even have to deal with it. Al. We'll have to call you Alex. Yeah. I always want to say Alexia when I see it. Yeah. Alex is a cool name. I've never met a girl named Alex who wasn't cool. That's oh, true. Right, yeah. yeah, I've known a lot of really, really cool Alexes. Okay, anyway, wrap us up. Um. Okay, so this is also an episode about Bashir. <laughs> where, wait for it, <laughs> he has to go back uh, to the things of the past. Into the 21st century with you? <laughs> And 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 in so doing, right, he he saves everyone from this whole Dominion debacle, you know, because because uh. he's Bashir um, and it was a bad relationship that if it had gone differently, would it would have gone told, like everything would be different and there'd be no no Dominion, no war, none of that. So that's what I think it's about. What is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> oh dang! Oh dang! Well, so I think things past is an episode where they have to go to Earth, and when you go to Earth, you have to travel back in time. Mm. True. Um, but Always. when they travel, yeah, when they travel back in time, their ship is seriously irreparably damaged, and there is no way for them to get back to their time. And the episode ends with that realization, and then the week after that, they just kind of, you know. Forget that it happened. They just gloss over that fact. Just, yeah. <laughs> They're back on the stage. The, the the next the next week's episode, they just like Cisco says to O'Brien, "Boy, that was some something. That was just something that happened, <laughs> wasn't sure it? Was yeah, it? sure was. Remember when we went back to Earth? Wasn't that crazy? Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know what fixed it, but I know tachyons were probably. Like yeah. that. <laughs> I like to think Cisco ends up working in a. I don't know. Um, I can't even think. Of you what know, he wind say. up cooking someplace. Yeah. Cooking he wind something, up doing yeah. Oh yeah, someplace. It, it, it was. They went back in time, but the only way they can go back forward in time is Creole cooking. <laughs> like that was the only way. Creole cooking is Quick, the answer. Everyone yeah. eat shrimp. <laughs> uh, I still haven't had any Creole since we since we saw that Creole cooking that. in that one episode. Yeah. That's a priority. Okay. You know what? We're this done. Awesome. We're done this with this podcast. Really cool, guys. <laughs> Thank you for including us in your 100th and 101st episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this has been the best four and a half hour podcast I've ever done. Yeah. So. Ever. A lot of fun. I can't wait to podcast 200 when we do this again. For eight hours. I know. <laughs> I know. It'll have to double every time. <laughs> It'll be amazing. But no, we'll have to do this again. This was a lot of fun. Maybe not to this extent because... No. I'm exhausted, and my computer, I'm serious, it just sparked. Like, a spark just came. It just went... <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. So, so um, okay. But anyway, wrapping up, um, jrwatchestartrek.blogspot.com. That's how you find us. Uh, do a review on iTunes, and also go to um, do our email. And you guys need to get into our email um, thing that we send out. It's jrwatchestartrek at... 
uh, gmail.com. So, you know, that's, that's how we do that. Um, in the meantime, you guys tell us your info again, really quick. Yeah. So, so listen, when you're done listening to JR watch Star Trek for the first time and you're all caught up on what they have, you want more Star Trek and you like it just a little racier. Um, that's (laughs) also more Star Trek year. (laughs) Not always. Um, um, maybe so. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but at trekoffpodcast.com. And then we also have a bunch of other podcasts on our network, like pop off at the pop off podcast.com and ninjas versus you and a whole bunch of other, uh, podcast there but if you want star trek trekoffpodcast.com you can just search epn on itunes and you'll find all of it so i uh, do that and go to our facebook page and uh we got to do this more guys like like i think this should not be our final crossover right well obviously podcast 200 that's in the works and um <laughs> well, but yeah and we'll no, 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 we'll do this we'll do this too yeah yeah um so yeah if you guys want us along anytime you know i'm free because i i I'm not married. I don't have kids. So I'll, anytime you want me, I'll be there. So well, and 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 you know, we'll talk more about that thing we talked about in between that happens in Baltimore. So yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, of course, of course, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, I'm John in Salt Lake City saying, uh, "Don't say goodbye. Say good journey." Oh, John, I'm I'm That's JR nice. in Columbia, Maryland, saying, "I know what a pear tastes like to me." I'm I'm Justin in Warrington saying uh, Trek off, but I I don't really end it. It's Alexia who says it and just has to. I guess. Find... I guess I'll have to just be bleeped out. Yeah. So to go ahead. How do you... That's what I said. Yeah. Say we it. we end ours this one. I say this is Alexia in Warrington saying Trek off. Is it better? I think so. I think so. The uh, conference call function seems to be way easier. I don't think it's better. Shut I up. think it's just like the original <laughs> um the original series of Star Trek is better than Next Generation. I think we're looking at a Next Generation. That's so true. That's not That's true. Not true. It's, it's not it's true. true. It's absolutely it's not true. true. The original series is the best. It's just true. We're just going to yell at each other for true. 2 hours. <laughs> so John, are you recording? I uh, I occasionally like when you pop, guys pop off, I check the other rest of the internet and it seems fine. Okay. Um well, we'll, so, ju- we'll just have so to... So the answer is, we don't know. Okay. Well, <laughs> the, the answer, it, it seems like kind of like, it's kind of like, we don't know, but our internet's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ours is we fine. We don't know, but but we strongly suspect that it's someone. That it's not us. Yeah, it's, it's John. John's network is terrible. Although that doesn't make sense, because John, when you drop off, me and John are still talking. Anyway, so... um. We're at the point where you two introduce yourselves. That brings us to Alexia's number four. I, I can see by the, the pace of the progress we're making, we'll be done with our top five shows in about an hour and a half. I know, right? <laughs> That's what happens with it. Oh, and there they lose? go. Yep. So, John, um, <laughs> did, you, did you know I went running for five and a half miles yesterday? Oh, stop rubbing it in. It felt really good. I'm going to try and do a 10K this weekend. Boo. Yeah. So, uh, how do you like your, do you like herbal tea? No, I hate it. Come on. I really like chamomile. I find it very soothing. It I tastes like know. flowers. I'm not into tea. Hey, is, um, do you happen to notice if Phil is still in Skype? Uh, Phil is. Okay. Hello, Phil. Darn right. He just called you out on your not liking tea. There's this loop and it, and the loop happened right when you said, um, I think Rumpelstiltskin is the best thing, and then it went best thing, best thing, best thing, best thing, best thing, best thing. 
Wow. And, and I can't turn it off without like completely shutting off like the internet kind of thing. Wow. So why would anyone stay in chat if they can't hear anything? I, I'm trying to like convince people to stay in chat. But that's stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all my fault. Look, I, I work with what I got. I'm, I'm like here in the room. I don't even okay. have the fan <laughs> on. The window's closed. I'm sweltering hot here. So it's not worth just trying again real quick? Um, okay, well, we can try again. I, I think, we well, we've lost all but two people in chat after I said that stupid, after I said that you're, that you don't know what you're doing. <gasps> okay, good, because before we start Star Trek, because, you know, I, I guess we have to talk about it at some point, but... I but know, right? <laughs> have you seen, have you seen recent pictures of Anne Hathaway? Because, you know, she's in Les Miserables, right? And so she plays, like, a prostitute who has to sell her hair, and Anne Hathaway, like, she is her hair, right? And her hair is Anne Hathaway, and she... <laughs> Just completely chopped it off. I mean, it's like a buzz cut. Oh God! Really? Oh, I sure God. hope she did that before they started filming or after they filmed. I mean, because look pretty though, because she's like. Is everyone back? Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, John. John, you don't love Audrey Hepburn. I love really? Audrey Hepburn. What are you talking about? He just said know. that because I, I'm busy. He specifically told John me to get back in the Audrey chat room, <laughs> and and it seriously is like freaking out again. Okay, look so, what you did. Are, are you broadcasting? Okay, I'm going to try it again, but if it screws up again... Then we're just going to push forward. Well, I don't, you know, I don't care. It's 9 o'clock my time. You 11 o'clock people, you're the guys who are going to be in trouble, so... Well, I'm not going to be in trouble. I'm not going to be in trouble. You want to know why? Because I stay up all night. I don't even care. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it looks like the chat room might be working. I'd I'd say you go, girl, but I can't pull it off, so... You can't pull that off. No, you probably can't. You can't even pull off nice work, dude. <laughs> John, did I, oh, did I tell you, like, like, just a couple weeks ago, my 10-year-old daughter thought that she needed to explain LOL to me. You don't even know what it means, Dad. Oh my Laugh gosh. out loud. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. So I, I, I asked her if her friends had said ODL to her, and I don't know, it was like the first three letters that came to my head, and that made her so mad for like several days. What is it? You have to tell me. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway. If you like Trek Off, then you're also going to like all the other shows on the Enlight Podcast Network. So go to enlightpodcast.com or you can search Trek Off on Facebook and like us. Or you can go onto iTunes and search EPN and subscribe to us. Do one of those things right now before you go on to whatever else you're going to do. Do that. Subscribe to Trek Off.